The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the Esports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Join today at theesportsdepartment.com. Welcome to episode 62 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Kalati at Gelati LOL. With me tonight, John George at the Esports Plug. How are we doing, everybody? Josh Roberts at Roberts number 49. Good evening, y'all. And Chris Chung at Prime LOL. I'm still alive. <laughs> we all survived our first... Uh, it's not technically a mega weekend, I guess, because we didn't have the LCK included. But we all, we all survived our first... Uh, Almost full weekend of, L- I mean, we had the, the extra day of LEC, which I guess added on to it a little bit. But uh, how'd you guys end up doing this weekend? Um, it was up and down for me. I've uh, I played a lot of underdogs, especially for the first week in uh, LEC and, uh, and LCS, and that did not pan out very well because I had the wrong underdogs. No vitality versus G two, unfortunately. Lots of hundred thieves against Cloud Nine, which did not work out. Uh, but I had a great weekend at MMA. I came. Uh, third or fourth or something in the $555 MMA, so it was a good weekend overall. Nice. Josh, how about you? I had a great weekend. Uh, LEC Friday. I was so glad to have my baby back. Uh, I am a low-key and SK fanboy because I just seen crowd shots like perma-stuck in ELO hell, but it looks like he finally has a squad around him a little bit. They, the new jungle meta kind of helps out Trick not look like he's just completely worthless, so... They uh they beat Origin for me and were solo priced. Let me get a bunch of G two smack, of course, and then got smacked after. But we don't even talk about that. But uh yeah, so that that gave me a really really nice payday. Uh, the other days, I think I had lost day two and then went even on day three. So pretty solid weekend all in all. Good. Chris, what about you? <sighs> so it started with sunning. <laughs> weekend started with sunning. After that, I've just pretty much questioned life, questioned my own identity. <laughs> I hate this place. <laughs> I, I've i very much been in the same school of thought, so I feel you, bro. I feel you. Like, that's... Dude, the LPL, the LPL will break you. If you're not careful, man, the LPL will break your mental so hard. Like, I'm a... Dude, it's been crazy. It's been crazy. I mentioned I mentioned on last week's episode that I've retired from G or from IG. I've actually just retired from the LPL because a two game slates are so stupid. I hate them with my entire being. And b the LPL is so stupid. I hate it with my entire being. So that's where I'm at in life. I got a feeling that like sometime in the next like year and a half, there's going to be a new podcast of like a bunch of 17 year olds. And we're going to be like the old boomer podcast. Just like sitting on the, sitting on the porch complaining about stuff. Dude. It's too, I'm telling you like <laughs> that fucking region, man. I, I need to start like a counter. Like, you know, they used to have like those websites, like the countdown websites. 
it was like on like GeoCities or some random trash browser or whatever. You'd have like it was like GeoCities would be like, oh, countdown to this date or countdown to, or a counter for how many page views this site's gotten or whatever. You used to have those little banners. I need to start like a counter for just like how many games have been thrown in the LPL. Start a counter for how long it's been since a minus one thousand or heavier favorite lost. It never goes more than like never goes more than like a week, dude. Uh, I actually was writing on that today. <laughs> has go. not happened as often as we think. It just feels real bad when it does. Has not happened as often as we think. So, all right. So uh, we got a lot on our plates this week. Um, we we're gonna take on more, but we were like, ah, oh, you know, we better not do Wednesday. We're, so we're, we're recording Monday. It's a little bit different for us. It's earlier this week, so. Uh, we wanted to get an episode out before the LCK started on Wednesday morning, and then we also have some other scheduling issues uh, during the week, so we wanted to record earlier this week. Uh, so we're going to be doing an LCK preview, going to give you our opening, th- our, our thoughts on opening weekend in the LEC and LCS, and then we're going to go into the slate. So we're going to have LCK, LPL, LEC, and LCS, all four major regions going, and we'll give you the weekend slate like we usually do for those. So... A lot on the plate. I'm going to try to keep the pace going tonight. Um, thoughts on the opening weekend, the LEC on the LCS? Just big picture thoughts? We'll do like round table style on this. Um, so I think maybe a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit too many hot takes, which I think happens pretty much every year when this, uh, when we get into the first weeks or every split. Let's overreact to week one, guys. Always yeah. overreact to week one. Uh, G2 is going to be fine. I think that what they said about what happened this weekend makes sense to me about what happened this weekend. They said they didn't practice that much this week. Uh, and that's exactly what it seemed like. Their drafts didn't seem like they seemed like they'd been out of drafting practice for a little while. They should pop right back in, I think. Just get Mickey off of Tom Kench, and they'll go back to crushing again next week. Um, Origin. Origin looked a step, maybe a half step lower than we thought that they were going to look coming in. Not just because they lost to SK, but even when they were winning it, it for me, it didn't look as as Origin-y. G2 just looked a lot worse in that game than Origin looked a lot better for me. And uh, we might talk a little bit later about some possible causes behind that. Misfits looked like they were kind of underrated going into the end of the weekend. I'm kind of sad that they got a win at the end of the weekend because I feel like we could have got some really good value on them if they didn't because they were looking competitive in their other games. Those are the major teams that stuck out to me in the LEC and the LE, in the LCS. SK uh, team didn't stick out. Uh, I mean, SK they looked a lot better than last season, but I still think they're going to fall to being like a bottom of the barrel playoff to not playoff team somewhere right in there. Still better than we expected, but well, let's, uh, let's stick let's stick LEC and then we'll, okay. we'll come we'll, we'll just circle back around and do LCS. So, uh, Chris or Josh, you want to take the reins on LEC? Yeah, um, I was in and out watching games. I was watching a lot from the golf court. From the golf cart, honestly. Uh, living it up. Yeah, but I uh, I thought Misfits, like John mentioned, looked really good. I'm very disappointed in Chalka. I didn't think they showed me nearly as much as I expected. Although NX did just go nuts with the 10K deficit on Apelio, so that's a thing that can happen in League of Legends, I guess. Um, you can still tell that they have the talent. It's just a question of putting the pieces together. Tough to see whether or not that will happen. Um I don't know, but they, they were, they, I think Shaka was my biggest disappointment to me in the first week. SK was a pleasant surprise. Vitality just being competitive, I think is just good for everyone. Agreed. Was, was a definite surprise. I kind of thought they'd be a doormat. Um, SK seemed like the same team to me as last split where they make all the right plays. It was just last split. They just 
were out talented at every position. And it looks like this split, they may have a little bit more ability to, to hang with people. Zazu looks pretty good. Yeah, Zazu and Gen X in the top lane was surprisingly good too. Um, but yeah, those were the teams that stuck out to me. Rogue had a, Rogue actually kind of surprised me as well. I didn't expect them to really, really what they did to Misfits was what was the most surprising thing for me. They, they handled them easily. So if they can keep that up, they'll be a force for sure. What do you guys think about Excel? Excel, a very bad first weekend, but I felt like, I feel like that's a team that's going to rebound to some degree or another. The team is so hard to read, right? Uh, like, like Chris, what do you think on Excel? Like, I, I always have yeah. such a hard time. Like, I, I was pretty good at, at figuring where they were going to be in a given week last week, but like right now, I don't. With everybody else stepping up, I'm not sure where where I want to be at with Excel. Like, I don't know if I want to be buying Excel or just like holding, selling, like that. Like, I don't know where I want to be with them right now. It's hard. I think. Um... Yeah, I'm in the same spot as you, Gelati. It's just, I was really looking forward to Mickey being replaced, but Special just looks disjointed from the rest of the team. And that's an issue. I, I don't, maybe I'm giving Young Buck too much rep, uh, credence to how he coaches, but, uh, well, I'll give him one more week, see where they're at. Their schedule doesn't seem to let up anytime soon, but uh, this team needs to figure themselves out quickly and because as you can see each split is a time for them to swap out players again and again and again so i don't know where this excel team is going to be yeah uh, how about any, anybody else in LAC? Yeah. uh rogue is definitely one that um seemed to have finally calmed down figured out what to do and they've executed to a very high level now, first week we thought oh they're just gonna play this low key style but it's ramped up. Uh, Matt Lyons is the one I'm very happy about. It just gives us something to be talking about who's the second or third place team. Have they surpassed Origin? We don't know. But certainly this team just pulls off the weirdest comp. Their, their comps are like people I know in our in the Discord, people are like, oh, they, they lost the draft. And then they just come out beating the crap out of any Varys uh, opponents. I love the Hagrid pick. I love the, I mean, the Wukong pick was just disgusting. I legit was, I was, I think I was in my car driving to, the, to a golf course and saw them pick Wukong second. And I was like, there's no way they just winded both laners. They're literally playing Wukong support. And I was thinking through Wukong's kit, like, does that even make sense? Even with like center. And I was like, I don't even think it does, but maybe it does. And then they picked Maokai and I was like, oh, okay, maybe they're just going to send a Maokai. And then when they went left Wukong at support, I was so hyped. I love that team. I, I Mad Lions is one of my favorite teams to watch. I do love that. It, it seems like Mad Lions are picking up what like Fnatic and G two are laying down, which is exciting because it shows you that like they're trying to progress and evolve and and learn all these new tricks. And that's how you get better is you try stuff like that. I mean, you look like an idiot when it loses, but guess what? Like, if that's another tool in your toolbox. It just makes it so that that was Fnatic's big edge last last season. Is you just I don't think you could beat Fnatic in the draft last season unless they beat themselves. They they just had you just can't deal with everything. There's just too many things to too many factors to deal with. You have to kind of pick your poison, and that's never where you want to be. And if Mad Lions can add that to their arsenal, man, uh, I, Mad Lions I think is really really well positioned in the meta game right now. Like I think what's good is like the things that Arome is good at. And he's like one of the bigger question marks. They're, they're going to be good. 
I'm excited for that team. I hope they can step up into that next echelon. Um, yeah, I was I was really impressed with them as well. Specifically, just the specifically leaving the Varus open and having prepared picks for it. Teams should have been doing that kind of stuff forever. Stop with just like the perma ban on some champion because they're OP or whatever. Just find something that works against it. Let people play it. You can't do it every time, but I loved that they were willing to do that. And it was clearly something where they came into the whole weekend saying, we don't care who it is, they can have Varus. Yeah. Like, we have answers for Varus. If that's you're seeing, you're seeing teams like with the KL versus Orn, right? Like, I think that's a good one. We saw G2 last season in the finals. Let them have a Felios. At the time, it was specifically because it was a Felios with Tom Kench, which is part of why the Cogmaw pick worked. You can't pick the Cogmaw Lulu against, like, a Threshling, right? But you can pick it against the Tom Kench lane. So, like, I, I, I like when teams do that kind of thing, and I want to see it more often. Um, yeah, big picture. SK look really sharp. Like, they look good. Um, you guys already touched on Vitality, like, actually being, like, a, like a good, like, a team, like an LEC caliber team, not just a so doormat. Melissa cool. um, looks sharp. Zazi looks sharp. We had questions about him. Shalka really disappointing, but I. Shalka, we're going to talk about some NA teams too, but like Shalka to me, it seems like they. It's really easy to look bad when you play the style that like Origin and Shalka play and lose, because it looks like you're like not doing anything, but that's also kind of by design. So, I I think a lot of times those teams like they're just disappointing losers. Like when you're watching them, it's like oh like. Why don't, they, why don't they step up and do something? It's like, no, that's like not how they play. So it just looks like they're going to roll over and die every time they lose. So I, I don't know. They just looked a little slow. Maybe they'll get up to speed this week, and it was just the first week nerves or jitters or whatever. But um, the, the LEC is going to be really competitive. Because if you, if you consider that Vitality and SK just aren't pushovers anymore, then all of a sudden, like, every game is going to be competitive. Like, unless, like, G2 and Fnatic probably going to roll over most of these games. But, like, the rest of the league... You just knew you don't get a game off. There's no free squares. So yeah, it's going to be a good season, I think. Definitely a good season. Yeah, I'm. I'm LEC is going to be lit this season. I'm looking forward to it. L- uh, LCS. Um, I'll start on LCS. <laughs> I am Dignitas are on are on red flag alert. They're not a dumpster fire alert yet, but they they looked slow motion this week. Um, Immortals and CLG are dumpster fires as far as I'm concerned. Just like they, they were. I thought they were. I thought they looked worse than Dignitas, or like as bad. They, the, the, that that game was like one of the worst games in Professional League of Legends. I think I've I've watched in a while, and I don't know if it was just that they had bad off seasons or if they took time off or or what. But that was that was some not high quality League of Legends that was going on in that game. Uh. Cloud9 just right back to smashing people. I think the Tim Seven Houston was saying they had like a. I mean, it was, it's it's three games or two games or whatever, but they had a, was like a forty five hundred goal differential at fifteen over the first two games. They had a ten k goal. They had like a twelve k goal lead in, in that in that win at like twenty minutes. They're just smashing people. I feel bad. I think they they we need they need more competition. But I think EG looks good. Uh, Liquid looks great. TSM still kind of looks like the same team, except better. I want to see them against, but like we kind of saw what happened against Liquid, but it's only one game, so I don't know if I want to like draw any kind of crazy samples from that. But yeah, I don't know. NA the 
is kind of the opposite. It's like not competitive. It's going to be competitive in the middle of the table, but I don't realistically think any of those teams are going to do anything this season. I think it's the top four teams and that's it. Yeah, there's going to be some free squares in North America, I think. Like you were just talking about, we got rid of some in the LEC. I think we got some in the LCS for sure. CLG looks looks terrible. Immortals, Immortals. look terrible. Dignitas, I think slightly they're looking terrible might have been a function of their opponents to some degree. Like I think TSM looked better in their game against Dignitas. And I think Golden Guardians is just being wildly underrated. Like I Golden Guardians actually just looked really good all weekend. The, Even the, in the Monte, Demonte, uh, Demonte and Acadian look great. Like, Acadian for Dignitas. No, uh, Demonte and Closer. Closer. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, Closer they, that, Demonte is the guy that this team needed. Yeah. That's it. They, like, they the look good. They're going to be the character about. for that team. That's the, that is that team's identity now. And they're playing around it. They're aggressive. They're proactive about that. I, I, they looked good. I think they're going to be a playoff team. Those were the draw two, conclusions. Guys in my, uh, two guys in my core that I was talking about. If, if I was an NA team and I went out and was going to make like a hot young roster, Closer and DeMonte were like two of my main guys. Unfortunately, Viper got sent over with the old men over on Dignitas. I would have liked to see them get him as well. But, yeah, I think GGS is just going to be a good team. And, and people might be slightly uh, over-damning Dignitas for losing to them when actually I think Golden Guardians is actually just pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Chris? Yeah, um, INT CLG terrible. I don't I don't know where all this talk about like scrim is great for CLG and they should be great. I just hear it all week long from podcast to analyst to pregame. It's like CLG scrim looks great. They look like the same CLG. I hate scrim uh, talk so much. Yeah, that could be I, like its I, inside I, topic into some other time. So outside of that, I like what John bring up. Golden Guardians. They are they're going to be that. Um, High volatile team that can beat anyone can lose to anyone, but uh, certainly Demonte is is the fit right there. And you got young energy going with him closer, and uh, who's that? Uh, FBI um, and Cloud Nine dominant. They can play however they want. They're just gonna run over this this region with very little resistance. I'm hoping today. Liquid and T- maybe TSM too. <laughs> I'm hoping Liquid can challenge them because Liquid. Liquid looks pretty clean. Liquid might be the one, and I, I think uh, Tactical was the one that surprised me. I thought he grew up more, um, and they're really allowing him to play the uh, traditional ADC role, which is great, I think, in this, in this meta right now. Uh, TSM will is going to experience some growing pains. Um, I'm, I'm, Speaker wasn't as terrible as I thought he would be. He had one like he he played pretty decently on Sunday, He's, and I thought he was awful against Liquid. But Brox is also good, so I don't know if it's a really hard to tell, right? Because they cover up his. Wait, uh, I'm sorry, Brox was oh Speaker was yeah, Brox yeah. was gonna. It's hard to judge. You're right, hard to judge from that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're jumping to conclusions in week one of both these. Like Josh, what are your thoughts on NA? Yeah, I don't have much. I don't trust any of these teams. Further, I get thrown. I will say I thought FlyQuest impressed me. Um, I was a little bit down on them heading into the summer. I just thought kind of like people would catch on to them. Like we said, they win by not – it's not even that they do things great. It's just that they make – they just don't mess up. They let you beat yourself. Yeah. And I, I actually was impressed. I knew you were saying that Cloud9 was dominant. I was actually pretty impressed with their the fight they put up against C9 on Friday. Um 
They made a couple of really proactive plays. I know, like, in the top lane. To they were and- up. They were, like, up. At, they, like, 20 minutes that game, it was, like, within, like, 500 gold or something like that. Like, yeah. The whole so time. I, yeah. I was really impressed with them. Um, I think they're they, – I mean, if this is any indication that I will be wrong and they will be competing for playoffs again, uh, maybe even, like, top three or four. But they, they looked good against Cloud9, and that's not something you can say for everyone. I was hoping 100 Thieves would put up more of a fight, but – they did not. <laughs> I kind of think I kind of think NA is going to turn into like Cloud Nine, Liquid, TSM, Evil Geniuses, and then I think it's like FlyQuest and Golden Guardians, and then I think everyone else is shit. Yeah, that was the other thing. I actually wanted to touch on um, EG to Kumo was impressive to me uh, yeah. uh, in both games. Like he kind of took it to Sunday. Um, like we routinely saw Kumo getting beat by a 30 to 40 CS at 20 minutes last year, 15 to 20 minutes. And he was taking a two Sunday and that's not what I expected to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a really, really good sign for me in terms of him taking a step forward. All right. Uh, any other thoughts? I mean, we're going to, we're going to hit the slates for these later. So if you guys think of anything else, we'll, we'll touch on it when we get to that, but um, let's get to our, the topic we're going to do. Um, on this one, so we have the LCK starting up on Wednesday morning. I wanted to briefly, well, as briefly as we can, um, we're not going to do like a full-on preseason show where we're talking about each of these teams, evaluating these rosters, but I wanted to touch on the big moves, uh, go through each of these teams, and then just get like your like snapshot tier list for the LCK if you guys have them. Uh, just off the top of your head, it doesn't have to be like too granular or anything like that. So uh, first things first, we're going to have a new team. Uh, Team Dynamics made it in. Uh, they're going to be replacing. I don't even remember who it was anymore. <laughs> uh, Griffin. Oh, Griffin. That's right. The ultra disappointing team. So, uh, Team Dynamics has. I mean, I will, I'll just start on them and I'll go from the top down. We'll just go from the bottom up, rather. I'll do it that way. So, um, Team Dynamics is Rich, who has been. <laughs> Rich has been like crushing challenger korea for a while now and it's kind of cool to see him finally get a like a chance in the lck he's been pretty hyped beyond we've seen before with Jin air kuzan we've seen before on multiple teams mostly Jin air um Fize was he's renamed to diok dam i don't know how they're going to pronounce it but um he was good in challenger this team was the best team in challenger so uh, and then Guger, who we've seen in the LCK before. So this is, again, just like APK last season, it's a team of people. It's a team of, of guys that have played in the LCK and then, like, a couple young guys that haven't. So there's a good chance that they're going to be competitive. Uh, more than likely, they are going to be, like, a 10th place team, just like most of these new teams are, but you never know. Uh, but I just want to say, like, they're they're very similar to, to how APK were when they came in couple veterans that have been around the scene for a long time that can actually play. Kuzan's been really, really good in his career. So he's kind of the guy to look out for. Um, yeah, so that's the new team. Uh, APK is renamed to Solhei 1. Uh, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing that. Uh, they've added Mickey from Excel. And they dropped co- – Cover has gone inactive. So maybe Cover was going to retire or go inactive, and then Mickey was just, like, the solution that they had last minute. I didn't – like, I didn't look at the time – like, I didn't line the timelines up, but it felt like either APK missed out on, like, the UCAL sweepstakes 
which we're going to get to in a little bit, because I think there were like three, like two or three teams that were probably vying for him uh, off of Griffin, and it doesn't look like they got him. This kind of felt a lot like Billy Billy with Uzi or something like that to me. But, yeah, Mickey's going to be the starter, so it's Ixu Flawless, Mickey Hybrid, and Secret. I I think kind of a tremendously unexciting lineup personally, but hybrid was really really good last season. Maybe maybe that's something. Uh, feel free to chime in if you guys have any thoughts on these. But <laughs> next yeah, one's not on these two anyway. Yeah, the next one's interesting. So Hamwa Life add Viper and drop Tempt and Zenit. That's I. They have some other additions too, but Viper was the big one. So. Viper reunited with Lahens. The starting lineup's going to be Kuve, Haru, Lava, Viper, and Lahens. I think the starting lineup looks good. Yeah, it seems like a solid middle-of-the-table team, right? Like, I'm not sure they're a championship contender, but they seem like a solid middle-of-the-table team. They could be a, this could be a playoff team. I, they, they need some things to go right, but they're, it, they're basically just going to upgrade the middle-of-the-table, how we were just talking about Europe. Um, like, there's, like, inflation in the league. Like, everybody's getting better. I kind of think Hanwha is just going to upgrade the middle of the table because they were, they kind of became a free square. They weren't, like – they were competitive, but, like, they were somewhere in between the middle of the table and the, the bad teams last season. And they'll definitely be better. Reuniting Viper and Lehens just seems like such a good idea. This is a really good fit. And I think Lava going back to a full-time starter. Like, this is a good lineup. So it looks, yeah, I, I think Hamwa are going to be good. I think they're not a bad spot to take for like an outright maybe. Sandbox, big news early in the offseason. They added um, Yamato Cannon to coach. That's like the big addition. So do we think Yamato brings a lot? Like, we, we, we kind of talked about this in the offseason show a little bit. Like, I think this is going to add a good, this is good for the LCK. Just bring that bring that European school thinking in. Some risk taking, some you know, more creativity, less like I don't, I don't want to call it stagnant, but the LCK meta gets pretty stagnant sometimes, at least like in the past like year or two. So I, I think it's a good addition. I don't know how much it's going to upgrade them. Do you guys have any strong thoughts on this or not? Just I, I do think that that he's a good coach to bring into this region in particular, kind of like you talked about Yamato a weird quirky coach that can come up with some kind of weird quirky stuff where the LCK is known for not being weird and quirky, which I think is kind of one of their weaknesses. Maybe like you were saying, I like the look of it. We have said that his teams can kind of get figured out over time and it's possible that maybe they only have a, a good split or two before it stops working. But if, if that's, that's enough to bring it in somebody like that, if it's going to get you a little bit of short-term success, good players on the squad, eh, I think it's a good decision. Yeah. Yeah, I, we've talked on it previously, but I, I just want to reiterate, I like it especially just because I think he has arguably the best top laner in the region on his team. And in the past, working so closely with Cabo, who's quite clearly, you know, a top tier top laner in the LEC, despite being on a bottom tier team, um, I think you'll find some very interesting ways to kind of unlock Summit. Uh, and hopefully he has some good ideas about how he can go about that. Yeah, one of the things I've always liked about Yamato is that he figures out and and puts into action. He he's really good at figuring out what a team's good at right away. Like just like giving a team, he just instantly gives a team an identity. It seems like I don't know if you guys feel that way. Like every team he's ever been on, it's like they came they come out day one and you know who they are. So I think and that's good for Sandbox because Sandbox didn't have that. I think a lot of the teams in the LCK just don't have that. They're just like good or bad. 
Like we saw Frico was trying to be a little different. Hamla was trying to be a little bit different last year. But if if he can have that same kind of impact across the language barrier, I think that – I mean, this is going to put Sandbox in that playoff bubble, and it's going to make the middle of the table in Korea really, really competitive. Chris, you have thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think uh, I, I was able to read up on a write-up uh, Cal showed just with me on the Discord. It, basically, it's strange to see that Yamato is about the same age as this gorilla and is the other guy. So – it brings a different kind of dynamic, right? It's always been in the Eastern, especially if I touch a bit on my culture, they've always has this reverence for people that are older, wiser, kind of give them this um, authority. But with Yamato, it's a different type of flavor. You'll get a different uh, type of um, approach and thinking, which is what this league may need. And I, I, I want to see him succeed. I want to see Sandbox succeed, even if they don't get to like worlds or, but at if they get to make it to playoffs, that's success for me. Yeah, I think it's 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 cool. I want to see him succeed too because I think it it will create a new precedent, right? For for this kind of thing where, I mean, we've seen it Eastern going to West, and we've seen Korea going to China. Like we've never seen any anybody come into Korea and succeed like that. I mean, T one had had their analyst, their English speaking analyst, uh, but. Then never like at a coaching level, and that's a good. I didn't even think about that point, but the the age thing is an angle I didn't even think about. But that's definitely that. May, I, maybe Sandbox just have energy because this is something new to these players. Like it might just be fresh. So I, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to make things at least interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean these three teams are like the most interesting. So I'll get to the the, ne- the next one is KT Rolster. They add UCal. Which I think was probably the biggest addition of the off season, and they had Smeb, and I don't know if Smeb's going to play. It seems like Smeb's just going to be a sub slash coach or positional coach kind of deal. I don't know. I don't actually see him playing. Do you guys see him playing? I don't know. Maybe he does. I think he's going to play. Uh, there was a interview that came out with um, Ashley, I think today, Ashley King. And I forget the – I didn't get to watch it, but I know, like, in the tagline and, like, Luda made a bunch of tweets about it, but he was basically saying, like, he wanted to come back because he wanted to play with uh, play with these guys. So I, I would be sort of surprised if he doesn't end up playing, but maybe he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, Soan so was actually really, really good last season. He's been pretty solid. So it's not like it's not like he's bad. Like, they're not – they don't have a need at top lane. But if Smeb is what he used to be, then it's an upgrade. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, too, like, Smeb seems like he's super old, but he's only, like, 24. Yeah. I mean, like, if, I mean, look, KT is team old guys, dude. Yeah. This, is, yeah, this he, is the old man game dot team. That's the old. Yeah. So, I, I think he could probably still got – or he's probably still got it, but we'll see. Uh, never really know what these LCK teams are going to roll out. Yeah, I think the other interesting angle on this one is that you have UCAL and Kuro, who are both, like, elite. Like they're they're very good, both of them. Like they're very very good mid laners, and I don't know who's going to be the starter. Um, there's a chance. I this could be a timeshare. I don't know. We'll see. I I think UCAL is probably a better, like a slightly better player in a vacuum. But maybe this is just going to be a meta consideration. Maybe this is a T one situation where they just have different picks prepared. They're just going to have different preparation. But I mean, Kuro was outstanding last season, so I don't, I don't know. It's but UCAL is really, really good. So, if anything, this takes it away from another team that we're going to talk about. Uh, J- John, did you have any thoughts on these these additions? I think Smed probably plays. Was my thought. 
it's just the name is too big. It, it feels like he's at least going to get a shot at it. If he's bad, then they can probably just put somebody else in. But he, he's got a big enough name. That's, it's like when Khan went to FBX. Like, you're like, why? Like, they have Gimgoon, but it's Khan's got a name. Like, you know he's going to find his way into the game. Even if Gimgoon's looking better, he's going to play at some point. So I feel like that about Smeb. Yeah, I, th- I think the, the, the difference there is that, like, Khan... Khan is a, a monster. Like he's just a really, really good player. Smeb, we don't know. There's question marks now. But if he's anything, if he's like eighty percent of what he used to be, then he's probably going to play, and they're probably going to be like where they were last season. I think like three, four range. Um, how about the next one? This is a, so Afrika bring in a, uh, bring in a new coach and a new analyst. Uh, I don't know if it's a head coach or not. Um, save retires former Najim White Shield. Just shout out there. That's like four. That's like eight years ago. <laughs> I saw I give Save a shout out. He was a really really good player a long time ago. So it looks like it's going to be Keen Spirit, All In Mystic, and Jelly. But th- does this team feel like they missed out on UCAL? I, when, when when Griffin said they were like disbanding, basically, I said UCAL needs to go to Africa, and that would make that team competitive right away. The fact that they didn't add anybody and the fact that, like, it kind of felt like Keen and Mystic checked out a little bit. Keen definitely checked out. I don't know if you guys thought the same way last season. I definitely did, and I do I do feel like they were trying to get a mid laner and probably were unsuccessful in that, given how they ended up here. Doesn't – this feels like it's just a dumpster fire, like, already, right? Like, they're, they're just on high alert immediately, right? Yeah, starting on high alert for sure, considering how bad they looked last year and the lack of changes. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe the new coaches bring a different perspective. I don't know. I didn't look into these guys. Like, I don't know if anything, you know, in too much detail. But, I mean, this team's got talent on it. It's just the mid lane is so bad. You can't have a, you can't have a bad mid laner in the LCK. You just can't do it. It's never worked. Ever. Like, I can't remember a bad LCK team, or I can't remember an LCK team that had a bad mid laner that's even ever made playoffs. Like, you need a guy that's at least serviceable, and I don't think all, I think every mid laner in, in the league is better than All In. I think every mid laner in the league is better than Fly. I think Kuzan's better than both of them, and he's the new guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. They're they're in trouble in that position, and they're they're gonna have to get creative. Maybe, maybe I mean, All In is very like very much like Teacher Ma. So if they can be that, if they can be like a Team WE style team, where like he's just playing his weird stuff. I mean, Fly's played some weird stuff over the years too. If that's going to be their identity, that would at least make things interesting. I mean, they're built just like Team WE, right? And we're seeing Team WE succeed in the LPL at least to some degree, right? Yeah, they'll have to mix up how they're playing. I mean, they have a very strong AD carry and top laner, so they just have to figure out a way to utilize that. Yeah, and. Spirit, I mean, Spirit and Dread are both really good junglers, too. So that's another angle. I don't know who's going to start there. They're probably going to split time. So the top four teams didn't make any changes. So Damwon, no changes. Uh, Genji, I'll mention that Edgar's out, the head coach, and he's historically been a really, really good coach. So I don't want to ignore that loss. Josh, you had some thoughts on this one we were talking before the cast? Yeah, I just said, I think. <clears throat> The combination of Genji losing, who I think is a, uh, I mean, I'm obviously not as knowledgeable in the region as you, as you are, Gelati, but from whatever, everything I've read, Edgar's 
very well esteemed and very good at his job. So it's a surprising that he's gone and B could have you know, some ramifications that we don't see. Uh, but we'll, I mean, we'll kind of see how it shakes out, but I do think it could open up an opportunity for one of these other teams to jump over him. Uh, like maybe, you know, a KT or Sam Box does something crazy with Yamato. Um, even. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think it'll at least make it a little bit interesting. I think for me, at least it gives me a little bit more clarity on the next two teams. You're going to go into being the clear top two for me. Yeah. The thing is like Genji just have insanely good players at every position. So, I mean, that can be enough. So, I mean, maybe, maybe they don't skip a beat and it just stays the same. They they were kind of, the thing is with Gen G's like they were like the preparation team right like I don't want to call them I don't want to call them Origin because they were a little bit more versatile than Origin shown but they were kind of that team where it's like if you threw a curveball they didn't know what to do so and I mean, maybe that's a knock on Edgar by the way I won't say anything about that but um, they were always well prepared and when they had the right read like when they had the right read on something it was always prepared to perfection and. Like they just have good players to execute on it. I don't know. Maybe I, I I'm not I'm not maybe like a tiny little downgrade, but we'll see right away. Pretty much, I think w- whether it's going to be a big one or not. Yeah, so, I, I think I think it sounded a lot hotter when I came off of it, just because I said you know obviously going to go for the hottest way. But I'm just more so saying that I think it gives a, an ounce of uncertainty in that you know it's not necessarily just those three than the rest type deal. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Because, like, last season it was like, okay, it's these three – you have three elite teams and then everybody else. So um, now it's like, okay, maybe – maybe maybe somebody steps up or maybe it's just a clear top two. That's the, that's going to be the question, right? Gen G are going to be kind of the, the deciders on that. So top two are Dragon X and T1. Neither of them made changes. The only notable thing that I saw was uh, Gory – left T1. I didn't see where he went, but Gory's basically been top five in Korean solo queue for like the last two years. He's really, really good. He's just behind Faker. It's the cla- it's the classic T1 problem. They always have these savage sub, these savage trainee mid laners learning behind the great one. And they always end up, they always end up going somewhere and succeeding. So in, in terms of, uh, I was in terms of practice, like, does that affect – like, I, I don't know how that works. July, you probably have a little bit more insight, but is Faker constantly practicing against him, or how does that work? I would, So the way T1 – so T1 specifically, they have – this to me, this is how you should be building an organization if you're going to do it. I've always said this. Cloud9 are doing this too. Uh, T1 just have, like, legitimately, like, two full trainee teams, and then also their subs. So they just have like they could just scrim in house like at all times. It's like it's like back when they used to have sister teams, but like obviously you don't have as as many big name players. But they just have these like trainee rosters that can constantly be like training against each other, so that they always have a good scrim environment, and they're also training in high level solo queue. So it's just like a farm, a, a talent farm. You're just spitting out these talent because they're just playing against elite players at all times, more or they're at least around them. Uh. In the past, it hasn't really affected Faker, like, at all that I can tell. Maybe it does, but I haven't been able to tell anything. But, like, there's been a number of guys that have been behind Faker over the years that have all – Easy Hoon, Scout. Uh, oh, what's the other – who's the guy that went to Europe? Um, P-something. He was in NA for a little while, too. I'll forget off the top of my head. Yo, not oh, no, not He's the jungler. Oh, I know who you're talking about, too, but I can't remember his name now, either. I'm going to go nuts trying to figure this out. 
But uh, yeah, so and they added uh, T one added some trainees, but Dragon X made no changes, which doesn't surprise me. Are you just gonna? Are you looking it up, John? I got gotcha. you. All right. Um, God's gonna drive me nuts. He was in NA and EU for a while. He wasn't great, but he was like a starter. Period. Period. Yeah, period was another one. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. It hasn't really affected Faker over the years that I can tell. The only question here, I think, is like maybe we'll get to see a little bit more Elam this season. He was pretty good when he played last season. I still think Cuz is one of the best junglers in the world, any region. So I don't know if how much time he's really going to get, especially if the middle of the table steps up. But Elam was serviceable when he played. So, so the LCK to me breaks down. I, I'm giving Gen G some benefit of the doubt. I still think it's a top three teams. It's just maybe less clear cut now. So I would say like the S tier is T1 Dragon X Gen G, and then I think A the A tier is just like a bigger hodgepodge now. Like I think the A tier is now Damwon, KT, and then potentially Sandbox and Han. I think Damwon and KT are definitely going to be in the conversation. They're just good, and I think Sandbox and Hanwha both have really good upside, and they could. Be in, so I would do it like A and A minus maybe, or like B plus, for like Sandbox and Hanwha, and then I think Afrika is just on. I mean Afrika could be in that group too, but they're on high alert for me. And then Dynamics and uh, APK, I'll call them. I don't, I don't know what, if they're going to end up sticking the name, new name or not. Um, they're kind of just like in like a B minus C tier. Like they're not. I don't think they're. I don't think any of these teams are bad. It's just that everybody else is good enough that it's going to be tough to be competitive in this region. Now, do you guys think? Uh, I don't know, big picture, like snapshot tier list. Go for it. Um, I, th- I think pretty similarly. I think T one Dragon X Gen G probably in the top. Damwon KT Sandbox, probably Afrika. I think Afrika is going to come out a little bit more energized this season. After like a really, I, I think partially they lost their motivation last season, and we might see them pick some of their motivation back up now. So I think they'll be back. And then Han was probably in that group too. So I, I think probably Dynamics and APK towards the bottom, but probably both very capable of beating anybody on a given day. And then kind of the rest of the tiers we talked about. Chris, uh, can't really differ too much. A T one, uh, I love Dragon X. I th- think Genji might fall to the A minus tier. We'll see what happens with them. But uh, I'm fairly excited for uh, the ones that you name right in the middle. The pack that can lift themselves up. The M1 sandbox, um, even Hanwha. Uh, Hanwha's going to kill me, though. I, yeah, I, we didn't we didn't talk too much about Damwon, but they looked really good in playoffs and at the midseason Invitational. So if they look more like that, then like maybe we just have like a four-team like S-tier. Because, like, I mean, Damwon, I, I I can't stand them sometimes, but, like, when they're on, they're, they can beat anybody. Like, so, and they looked, they looked, I, I think they played their best league of the year at the midseason cup. Like, it's, like, that, good teams, too. And I think that's why there was more excitement, because we expected them to be the worst showing. Yeah, but, yeah, IG, IG can't take that one. Uh, <laughs> We're going to talk IG in a second. So, uh, any futures you guys got your eye on? So, I... I like Dragon X at plus three fifty to win the split. If you're looking for a long shot, I mean, really, you can make arguments for any of these middle of the table teams. So, Hamwon Sandbox are forty nine to one, KT's twenty one to one, Damwon ten to one, and then I always like the the thousand to one. 
or was it uh, 101? Sorry, can't do math. I like the 101 on Team Dynamics. Throw a beer on, throw a beer on it. You never know. I think if I was going to pick one of those like real long shot teams, I think I kind of like Sandbox. I think that we don't know what the effect of Yamato coming over is, but that could be a big effect, and they could catch some teams off guard with some weird stuff in the playoffs and whatever. I think uh, that's a that's where I'd go with my long shot. Yeah, I th- I, I like Sandbox and Hanwha as targets for that for sure because I I think Hanwha. I mean Viper is really good, and reuniting that bot lane is really good, and having clarity on that roster. I think could help that team a lot. So I, I think both, and then sandbox, like I, I like for futures. I like, un, I like betting unknowns a lot because you just like, you don't know. So that the, that Yamato angle, I like quite a bit. So I, I think those, those are the two long shots. I think if you're going to target one uh, for, I mean, I'm going to be, I'm going to be betting dragon X for sure. I think I, I mean I still think Dragon X is the best team in this region. I know I know I keep getting burned on it, but they're all, to me they're only going to get better. Like the more experience they get, the, they're just going to keep getting better and better and better. So, um, I like Dragon X quite a bit to win the split. I think three fifty is a good price. All right. Um. So, actually, Josh, you have any any thoughts on futures for this or no? Uh, I bet Dragon X and KT. Uh... I had a worse number on KT, but a better number on DRX. So, okay. like we said, shop around for your prices here on, on futures, especially. Yeah, I took these off in one spot. I didn't. I didn't really have the time to collect, like, put together a whole bunch of numbers like I usually do. But yeah, obviously, shop around. All right, first full slate. We are. Let me see. Okay, so we're actually we're we're making pretty good time. I thought that was going to take a little longer. So, first full slate. Uh, we're. We are recording Monday, but we're going to treat this like a normal show and do just the weekend slate like we usually do, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we just talked LCK. Let's stick. Let's stay on the LCK and talk about this opening slate because I think there's some really good opportunities, and I've actually already bet a couple of these. So uh, Friday we have Sandbox plus 205 against Dam 1, minus 286. I'll say the Sandbox plus 1.5 is at minus 156. Doesn't hurt to take a shot at Sandbox, right? Yeah, I'm interested what you guys think on this one because Damwon has looked a lot better recently, but Sandbox is kind of my go-to. Let's see if maybe they take a big step up team. So I'm a little bit interested in this one. Yeah, it's weird. I I think when you the like I talked about with the unknowns, right? You also don't want to just assume that it's going to work out either, especially right away. But if you combine, like, you don't want to come into this being like, okay, I'm high on Sandbox, even with Damon looking good, I'm just going to bet Sandbox regardless. Like, you don't always want to have that kind of approach. But I think when you combine that with, like, the week one angle, they've had a full off season, like a long off season now. I don't know when Yamato got there or if he's been working remotely or what, but uh, I-, I like the plus one and a half a lot at the very least. So you get minus 156 for Sandbox to take a game. Damwon historically are not a 2-0 kind of team. Like they've, I'm, I'm pretty sure they like 70% of their matches were three games last season. So I like the plus one and a half quite a bit because I think Sandbox could win this outright if they just catch Damwon off guard. But yeah, I don't know. Josh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I actually think this is this is a pass spot for me just because, like we said, a damn one. I much prefer to take the shot on – so, two reasons. One, Sandbox has to play two days earlier, so damn one gets film on the new uh, Sandbox 
Two, I just think that I think the odds differential between Damwon and Afrika, like only being just under 100 points, isn't really accurate. And I know we're talking about the Wednesday site, but I'd much rather shoot my shot on Wednesday and then reassess based on those results yeah. for Friday. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good angle. I think there's a – I mean, <laughs> you want to just – like we'll just go through Wednesday real fast. It's easy. So you have Afrika minus 1 on 49, Sandbox plus 112. I think that's a better shot to take too. Because I think I think uh, just stylistically, like I think there's a better chance for a freaker to win that, and or not freaker, a sandbox to win that, even though it's like it's a huge difference, like you said. And then like Dragon XT1 is not priced evenly. Dragon T1's minus two hundred favorites against Dragon X on, on opening day. Give me Dragon X there. KT big favorites against Team Dynamics. Probably deserving. I'm probably going to be a wait and see approach to team dynamics, but I don't hate them to take a game either. APK, I Hamla against APK is like probably my favorite pick of like the first week on Thursday. Hamla minus one thirty-seven. Yeah, that's a really good number on Hamla against APK. Yeah, I, I that's that's going to be. I already I already put put in on that one too. So yeah, so. Good point about like seeing these teams first. So we are going to see a couple of these teams on Wednesday and Thursday, just, just for context. But uh, yeah, so there, those those there's those matchups in thirty seconds. <laughs> um, any other thoughts on Samwalk Samwon? Are we just kind of going to wait and see? You got to remember too, like early in the season, the lines have big adjustments when wins and losses happen. So I don't know, it's it's still usually right to just wait and see though. Because if a team looks really terrible, you don't want to like like if if there's like too many red flags, then you can kind of pass judgment that way. So that's yeah, I, that's the thing. Like like you said, it's unknown both ways. Like we only talk about the upside, but if they come out and just look absolutely terrible, and Yamato's doing some weird draft stuff, and it just doesn't look like that can work at all, then just full faith in me. So I don't want to kind of be on it too. Yeah, that's true. Um, Dragon X Gen G, uh, pick them. Juice, juice to esports pick them. Minus split minus one fifteens. <laughs> I think I like Dragon X here. Feels like Dragon X does. I I like Dragon X more as a team, but like I don't know if. Yeah, it's probably Dragon X. It's probably Dragon X, and then take some two zero. Yeah. <laughs> BDD is also really fucking good, though, dude. <laughs> Um, dude, mid, mid, Korean mid laners, dude. Bring Knights Korea. Come on, come on over. Now Knights, Knights having Knights having a field day right now. I don't want. I don't want to disrupt his flow. I don't want to mess with the CEO. He'll be the CEO of both LPL and LCK. That would be crazy. <laughs> It'd be the first player to play in both regions at the same time. I'm still waiting for the first time that the Western regions gets a prime Eastern. MVP candidate type guy. Like the first time that like a knight goes to the LCS, it just takes the money and goes to the LCS. I mean, Crown won a world championship. Yeah, but then he came to the LCS after a bad year, like after a bad split. He wasn't that bad though. But it was not like in his prime. I want to see a near prime LCK or LPL player come over to either Europe or (laughs) NA. I wish, I wish EG would have landed Chogi. That would have been so sweet. Because, I mean, they, they said they were close, right? And then he just yeah. got late. Man, that would have been sick. He would have dumpstered. It wouldn't have even been close. 
Ichi could have put it. Ichi could have put me on that team, and he probably would have carried my <laughs> ass. Like, NA needs that to happen. They need somebody to bring over Knight and just start dumpstering everybody. So then people are like, the maybe we could actually invest in talents that are social media influencers. I don't know. Yeah, hard agree. You gotta bring. You have to bring over like the most like not marketable person too. That's just a that's just a stone cold killer, and that's Chovy. Like that's why Chovy would have been perfect because Chovy is like not. He's like Faker. Like Faker. I mean, Faker's good because he's a good character for the league. Like for the community. Like the the he's a good ambassador for the game because he's like a stand up. Like he's just a guy. Like he's a good guy. And he's like not causing negative attention. You know, he's just like a, a consummate professional. But like, you just need to bring over a stone cold killer that's just like not marketable, doesn't want to do any of this cheesy shit. Like, just comes over and just dunks on everybody. It's like, okay, step up your level, guys. Chovy would have been perfect for that. I think Knight would have been good for that. Uh, this any any. I think you could bring like any of the LCK mid laners, and they'd probably dunk on North America. Kuzan. Kuzan legitimately could probably like be better than Bjergsen. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> like he's anyway. Digression. Um, are we all on Dragon X here? It feels bad like laying money on this on the pick'em, but I kind of like Dragon X. Two O's. Anyway, yeah, feels like the Dragon X to me. Afrika minus two twenty two against Team Dynamics plus one sixty two. Um, again, like wait and see, I guess. That's unfortunately how some of these lines are going to be week one. I kind of don't hate just blind taking a shot at Team Dynamics here. I mean, I, I look at Kuzan versus All In, and that's like an exploitable matchup. But Keen against a rookie is also an exploitable matchup, so I don't know. I'm just really down on Afrika. Like, I think Afrika, Afrika have the biggest range of outcomes to me of any of the teams in the LCK. Like, they could be a top four team, or they could be the worst team in the league. I don't. I don't really see them being the worst team in the league, but they. It wouldn't surprise me if they ended up like ninth place. So, I kind of like betting underdogs against teams like that in most situations, especially like week one. But I guess we'll get a better look at these two like in the first two days. Anybody strong thoughts on these two? Is plus one sixty two enough for you? I don't know. I feel like that's that's probably a skip. Well, so like KT's minus three fifty seven. Dynamics plus 250 in that matchup. I think KT is like a much more consistent, steady team than Afrika is. So I yeah. think that line is more in line, but I wouldn't I wouldn't play the dog there, if that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. 162 doesn't feel like enough for me for Dynamics, so it would be a pass for me. Yeah, it's, that's what I was asking. Like, uh, Chris, Josh, any thoughts on that one? Wait and see. Yeah, I'm probably waiting to see but lean dynamics. Just again, it numbers not great. Right. Um but it's so unknown. I wasn't particularly impressed with Dynamics and Challenger, how they got into the relegation. So Yeah, Dynamics just to be clear to everyone, Dynamics were not like a Griffin where they just like they lost like one match in Challenger. Like I think they went like was it, like fourteen and two or something like that. Like they they were like they were obviously really dominant, but it wasn't like or it was like fourteen and four. Sorry, like they weren't. It wasn't like a like a seventeen and one kind of season for them. So it's it's like Griffin was having when they were doing it. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's probably wait and see. You're right. T one Hanwa 
Hanwa had T1's number last season, so that's why this is interesting. And plus 403 is a really big number for a week one matchup between a team that we think is going to be reasonably competitive, even if they're playing the top team in the league. That feels like a smash Hanwa bet to me. Yeah, same. You get plus 120 on on Hanwa to take a game, too, which is which is kind of sick. I, I, that might be pick of the week for me. We'll see. Um, Yeah, I, I don't know. I, even if Hamwa like Hamwa were not like they were kind of a mess last season and they still had T1's number. I think they took games off them, but they won outright the first time, I think. I'm just going to look this up now. Somebody else somebody else take over for this while I'm looking this up. Yeah, this number is just like incredibly big. I this is kind of what John kind of touched on it a little bit with that. The other underdog numbers looking a little small. The fact that we're getting a plus 400 here on a team that we think could reasonably finish you know, fifth to seventh against a team that could probably finish anywhere, you know, first to third in T1. I think that's definitely worth and especially the plus one and a half and plus 120. Like, those are phenomenal odds. You know, matchup history aside, even just anything week one, you want to hit that. So Hanwa Hanwa won the week one matchup two to one in spring against T1. Uh, They played – this was the – they played Diana Jungle (laughs) – they played Diana Jungle, Shen Support, Rumble Mid, Set Top in week one. Which at the time was like, what? <laughs> like Diana Jungle at the time, you're like, wait, what? Faker played Aatrox. They beat Aphelios, by the way. In that game. Yeah, and then they played Vayne Top and lost in game two. And then they played the Soraka Top in game three. And that was the debut of the Soraka Top lane. I think worldwide, I'm pretty sure that was the debut of that. So, um, yeah, they were the first team to do the Soraka top. So they had so dude, they had Soraka, Olaf, Yumi, Aphelios, and Orn mid lane. How busted is that comp now? Looking at it in hindsight, uh, say, the, say the comp again. Aphelios, Yumi. Yumi. Uh, okay, I had Aphelios in there. I was like, Orn, where's their damage when you yeah. were listening to the champions? But yeah, Orn, yeah. Olaf, and Soraka. Yeah. So you have the or you have the Olaf, the Olaf Yumi. You have two healers for Aphelios, and you have Orn, who was like even more busted at the time. Yeah. Anyway, little digression. That was fun. And then they then they took a game later in the season after T one won like was like fourteen games in a row or something. Uh, Hanwha was the team that stopped the winning streak. They took a game off them. So yeah, this is a good, this is a good bullet to fire. I think for an underdog, that's like this is that's probably the best long shot underdog to take. Because especially because we think Hanwha is going to be good this split. So, um, KT Rolster on Sunday plus one fifty against Gen G minus two hundred eight. Uh, Bet the Gen G uncertainty. KT are a good team. I feel like it, this is like a best of five number. Yeah, to me, this is either Gen G minus one and a half because one forty two is a good number on that, yeah. or you can KT money on. If you think Gen G is going to win, there's no real reason to bet it at minus two or eight. I would just like getting minus one and a half or plus one forty two when the money lines minus two or eight is absolutely absurd value. Yeah. See that—that's what I see when I look at this line. Is exactly, exactly the same as you. There's just no point in ever betting the Gen G money line. Agreed. Like if you think they're going to win, just bet the minus one point five and get those crazy good odds. Agreed. And we've talked about and we've talked about betting for three game series before. Like unless a team, you're betting a team's trend, like a team's history of of not closing, like just punting a game in a series, more than you're betting a competitive series. So. It's, that's why you don't we don't frequently see the three game bets a lot or like like I take the plus one point fives a lot, but yeah I agree with you guys like there's absolutely no reason to take the Gen G money line here like honestly you could take both 
Is this like a middle situation? No, because then Genji win two to one, of course, right? That's <laughs> correct. That's how it's works out. Yeah. She sends um, for yeah, I don't know, man. I, I I guess we'll get to see. We won't get to see. We will get to see both of these teams. I, I'm curious to see if KT ends up starting Smab or not. Like that's going to be the big question mark for like Smab and Yukal. Because like if this is going to be like a slow integration and they like start off slow, like they did. I mean, they started. They start off zero and five last split. Don't forget that before turning it on. Not necessarily indicative of how they're going to approach every season, but if they end up starting those two and maybe there's some time to get them integrated and they don't look too sharp in the first series, then maybe I like Gen G a little bit more here. I will also add that it, based on how we've discussed every other game, this line will tighten and then Gen G becomes a phenomenal minus one and a half value. Oh, yeah. They're gonna... The DRX beats Gen G like we think and KT beats Dynamics like we think then the odds will tighten and Genji will just be absolute. You you basically have to bet them at that point. Yeah, that's good. the value is going to be too good. <laughs> Agreed. APK plus 186, Damwon minus 256. The Damwon minus 1.5 is at plus 127. I think this is kind of – Damwon, I always hate betting Damwon spreads because they're <laughs> – the team is so talented and so good, they're just – stupid as hell sometimes <laughs> like for lack of better terms they're just, they're just dumb they just do dumb things sometimes and they'll just like lose games they shouldn't lose so Damwon are kind of a three uh, they're one of these teams that are like a three game team so I'm always a little skeptical of betting 1.5s against them but I do think this is good enough against a team that I don't think is going to be very good I look I I didn't like cover very much but cover understood his role which was to make space for hybrid Mickey, I don't – Mickey looks bad in Europe, and I know Europe has good mid laners too, but, like, do we really think Mickey's going to be an LCK caliber starter? I, I don't. Mickey, like, I, I think we, we, we talked about it before, but I think his upside was there. And you got to wonder how much is, like, communication stuff. Like, how much is it just he has a different understanding of the game than his teammates? Because we know, like, a lot of times Western players are notoriously stubborn on how they – feel about the game and are willing to help. Um, I mean, we saw this with Crown. Like, yeah. I mean, maybe Crown comes back into the LCK and crushes it, just, like, for whatever reason, like, this, whether it's communication. I mean, you got to remember, too, like, some, like you said, like, some players just don't ever pick up that communication. Some of them see impact. Some of them succeed at it. Some people are able to, someday, they're able to do it, but others just the transition either takes too long or they never quite figure it out. It took, bang, like, three years. Took Piglet forever too, you know. Like, Piglet, Piglet, not Bang. That's yeah. right, Piglet. Was it Piglet on the Team Liquid documentary? That yeah, it's like yeah. And some like I don't know Mickey's character. I know like in interviews he's like a little more outspoken than that. But I mean, Mickey when he's played in Korea has been good every time he's played in Korea. So maybe he just comes back and crushes it. But I, the level of talent at the mid lane position in this league is so so high that. Uh, that's just going to be huge, and I, I and you guys know how I feel about Ixu. I know the public loves Ixu because he plays weird stuff, and the cast loves Ixu because he gets creative about stuff. But Ixu is not a good player. Like he's he's lovable. He's not good. He's like the veteran that's like that that's on a sports team, and he spends his whole career with one team, and everybody loves him for it. But he's not very good. They just love him there in the hometown. I I don't think it, I, I think this team. I think they're going to end up last place. I think Dynamics have a chance of beating them. And ABK looked good last split, but I don't know how viable 
being the... I mean, APK were like FlyQuest in Korea last split. They were just like, all right, we're not going to screw up. Cover screwed up a lot. But <laughs> we're just like going to... We're just going to be ourselves and play stuff that's good in the metagame and just like metagame check you. And some teams couldn't pass that, and that's why they won more games than we thought they would. But I don't think this team's very good. It's like the hybrid show. If 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 hybrid and secret don't carry this team, then they're bad. So I, and I think Damwon looked better too. I'll probably be on the Damwon spread here. I think it's a pass for me. I think I'm just going to pass on this one and see how it goes. I want to see Damwon back in the LCK again a couple times. I want to see how they're looking in the new structure. I might be more willing to to get involved with them if that sandbox match goes one way or another. Kind of interested to see what's going on there. But at the moment, I think I'm passing. Yeah, I think, and I think, like again, just grain of salt. We've mentioned it a few times. Like, it's kind of weird that we're talking on Monday about Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So obviously, you got to watch these games, and we just want to give you like just some context, and then you can kind of draw your own conclusions based on Wednesday's results, or hit us up in Discord or on Twitter. Be like, hey, does this change your thoughts on this? Or you know, we'll we'll all you know, obviously, we're all pretty active on social media, so we'll pitch in there. Ready to go to the LPL? Let's do it. LPL. The LPL has been just wicked. It's just so bizarre and weird. We had <laughs> we had Wei taking Ignite in the jungle this morning, for those that uh, didn't catch that. That was, a, that was a real... I've been watching this game for 10 years. I've never seen that. I've seen other people take the wrong summoners before. I've never seen a jungler not take Smite. When you play on the tournament realms... All right. Every time I've played, like, so it's it saves your settings, which means he had to have changed this to ignite at some point, unless there was like a bug when they patched it or something, and it just reset everything for everyone. I remember the game started. There was a long pause, and they came out of the pause, and I was like, "Oh, that's why the pause happened." Okay, that's that. The reason I mention this is E Star in the first game. So uh, E Star minus one thirty three against LNG. Uh, minus 103. LNG have been the surprise, right? I think they've been like, the most classic LPL team. The most classic. They just come out and lose a matchup that they're supposed to have a shot to win at the beginning of the season and then win two matchups they're not supposed to have any shot of winning yep. in the next two. Classic LPL. I mean, Light, I think Light's been very good. He's played really, really well, but like, again, I. I Dude, I, I don't want to judge these eighty carries because it's like Aphelios is so broken. Like, there's a clear differentiation between good Aphelios players and bad Aphelios players. That's for sure. But the characters also so good. Like, the eighty carries are all so powerful right now that like, I find it really hard to judge who the good eighty carries are unless they're like getting substantial advantages on their own. I, I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm still I'm selling LNG. That's for damn sure. Like I don't. I think maybe they're not as bad as I thought they'd be coming into the season, and I'll I'm, like I'm willing to admit some defeat there. They're not what the results have shown so far. Does everybody agree there? Hundred percent. I think this is a slam dunk E Star bet. Yeah, E Star one point one point five. Even I'm uh, I'm all in on E Star here. Yeah, East and and E Star. Look, the debacle this morning aside, Fen Fens looked really good with this team. Like they look like the same team to me. Like it's like they haven't to me they have like Easter hasn't missed a beat. Like they've been the, they've been the same team. They're playing the same way. Uh, you know, you could normally 
like I was doing last season, be like, oh, this is exploitable. You can do this, but the LPL is not going to exploit it. The LPL is just going to play into it. So I like this team. It seems like to me that Esar is like the, like, uh, I'm trying to think of like a good analogy for a team, but it's just this team that's over or like underperforming their actual, like what they should be doing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's like the opposite of the Seahawks, right? Like you've talked about it before in here, but it just seems like the, the results aren't coming to where they should be. And we're trying to get on the positive side of that regression here, I think. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they do take a lot of chance. Like they, if any of the plays that they do, they're very all in. Like just that's how they play. They're like, they're, they're very all in kind of team. So when those plays don't go well, they look really bad. Like when they like they lost that game three this morning, they fed Kale like the Kale was like two zero and one like six minutes into the game. It's Kale who doesn't do anything for like the first like twenty minutes. So <laughs> I don't like it's yeah you're gonna beat up on melees, but like don't feed the Kale. <laughs> like they have a lot of situations like that where a play like a play will go bad and it looks bad and that sticks in people's minds, but like. You also have games like Game 2 where they just run over a team in 24 minutes because Chelsea hits every hook in the universe on Blitzcrank. Like, I just want to, I just want to do a brief uh, idolization. He He's the best He's the best Blitzcrank ever, I think. I'm willing to say it. I love Mad Life, but Chelsea is an absolute maniac on, on Thresh and Blitzcrank. Like, it's, it's insane. I yeah, He so. takes over games. Every single time he plays it, he takes over the game. It's crazy. Anyway. Did we just describe a young Invictus game? Kind, yeah. They, I mean, kind of like to me. I don't. know, This team is to me. They're more like uh, like a like an old Moscow Five. Like not that they do weird stuff, but they're just like they're just gonna outfight you. Like Invictus, it was more calculated. I like. I think this team is more like 2019 Spring Invictus, not the World Championship Invictus. Whereas, like, they're still aggressive. They still take. They don't know a fight. They can't say no to. Or they don't know a fight that they'll say no to. They're just going to outplay situations. Uh, this is a slam dunk star bet. I don't want to spend too much more time on this. I, I, I'm, I'm with you, John. Anybody defending LNG? I'll defend Light. Light's been really good. <laughs> and Chen, Chenlon's actually been pretty good, too. Yeah, Chenlon's Chenlon, been very good from a fantasy perspective as well. He's been oh, a good yeah. player. If you're ever going to touch uh, LNG, he's a great play. I will give LNG credit for this is that they're not there's some bad teams that will have a game like a mistake fed to them and they don't win with it. We saw that with OMG, right? LNG it's like okay, they're good enough that like if you screw up against them they're going to win cuz Light is is a good enough carry that he's not going to screw up in the late game. That's like that's a big part of it is like are the carries good enough to not screw up late? That's like basically the the measure for that. I mean and the team has to do a lot of work to protect them too, but like LNG are good enough that they're going to they're, they're better than I thought they were going to be, but they're just not they're, they're not in the same class as E Star. This is this is two results based of a line. FPX minus two forty four team WE plus one seventy six. This is going to be I'm interested to see what you guys think on this one because we'll say the we'll say the team WE plus one and a half set minus one eighty nine. This is. Fun. I mean, I still believe in FPX. You know, this one's got me stumped. I, I know I had time to think and look at it, but it's still, I'm still smack dab in the middle. I 
think there is a potential that WWE can come out and surprise us. I kind of like I kind of like W minus one and a half, or not W. I kind of like Fun plus minus one and a half. It's a tough one because WWE's had a better season so far, but FPX is is the more talented team, I think. And FPX still has, or WWE still has some things that I think you can do to really limit them that not every team is doing. I've talked about it on Twitter, but I, I, you just can't let Zhao Meng get Aphelios ever. Like that guy, that guy is absurd on Aphelios. And if, if you do some stuff like that, I think the team might look significantly worse. We don't know for sure because we haven't seen it, but I think they might look a lot worse. So I don't know what I'm going to do with this game exactly. I, I don't think I'm going to bet the WE money line. I might bet Fun Plus uh, spread at some point where WE spread. Yeah, WE I, spread actually is pretty bad. So I, I might bet Fun Plus spread. I know I've um, I've written on this the past couple of days, but we it, it seems like people are figuring out that Syndra is just like how you beat this team. It hasn't literally beaten this team. That's the problem, right? And I hope teams don't look at Syndra losing and say, "Oh, uh, it's not going to work." But if you've watched the, if you've watched their last two series, you can just keep Teacher Mob pinned to the tower. Like he just can't do anything. He's been completely powerless in a lot of these games, and then like teams are just thrown against them, like. That's how I've seen these past couple series. Like, v- Vici this morning, Forge just was completely obliterating him. Just had him pinning it. Because this seem to me, this seems, like, way different when he's not able to get to side lanes and do stuff. Or get to a scuttle, you know, 2v2. Like, that kind of situation. They're way, way... That's their identity to me. Now, Joe Meng's also a savage on Aphelios, so that's kind of alleviated a lot of that. And I think that's why they've won a couple of these situations anyway. But at some point, I I like Team WE. I think they're going to be a playoff team. I think, or I th- they're going to be like right there. And you guys know, like before the season, I was pretty bullish on this team. I didn't think it was a fluke at all. I think they're just pretty good. But I also think that, like you said, John, like there's things that teams can be doing, and there's you're, you're starting to see teams figure this out. It just hasn't resulted in wins yet. So I don't know if Dwayne going to brush off the Syndra or not. <laughs> I don't remember the last time he's played that champion. It's like very much not him, but I, I mean, I think FBX are gonna are they're gonna smash this series. I know they've been a little bit rusty, but this this feels kind of get righty to me, like a get right spot. I I will just say I agree. I just wish we had a better number. Yeah, like it feels like given the in season results that we should be getting a better number on FBX minus one half here. Like, I think this is an absolute slam. I think it's set well, and I'm frustrated that it's set well. <laughs> yeah. So, of note, uh, Dwayne B has never played Syndra in a professional game. Oh, that's a lie. He's played three Syndra games. I just looked. I used my search function. It turns out that's useful. So, <laughs> um, He's played three games on Syndra. He's one and two. So Interesting. Maybe they don't play Syndra. But, I mean, there's other stuff. that I mean, the Galio can accomplish the same kind of thing. It's a takeaway. Dwayne B is probably the better Galio. Like the, he's, he might be the only better Galio. <laughs> I don't know. Faker's actually pretty savage at that champion, too. But um, that's, the th- that's the other thing is, like, Dwayne B can take away his entire champion pool, too. Like, Dwayne B just plays all that weird shit, besides the Aurelian Soul, I guess. Like, he's, he's, like, one of the only other players that will play all of this stuff, not just, like, one of the picks. So... I think FPX historically have been a pretty smart team. They've been a little overzealous at times this season. I think they take care of business here, but we'll see. We'll see what the line looks like. 
come Friday. Saturday, Dominus plus 162, OMG minus 222, the toilet bowl. Why the hell, dude, why the hell is OMG minus 222 against anybody? So weird. Like, right? I know Dominus sucks, but, like, what? Give me Dominus here. This is a this is a close your eyes special. Yeah, a lot of background noise there, Chris. You're good. Um, <laughs> give me Dominus. I yeah, I think you have to. Like, I think you have to bet Dominus. OMG has just looked absolutely abysmal, and I'm like, uh, you know, a guy who has touted OMG in the past, but they've just looked awful this season. I'm not sure how how I can not take somebody at plus one sixty two against them with how they've looked. Dominus two O's plus three eighty, baby. Feed it to me. Yeah, yeah, it's reasonable. This is gonna be an underdog special. Is this a night where I'm gonna actually bet on Dominus twice in a week? <laughs> <laughs> this is starting to feel like Victory Five last season. Uh, in this case, it's like I mean, we did this last season with Victory Five and Dominus, right? Where it's just like take the dog. It doesn't matter which one it is, right? It's the same. It's the same approach. It's the same thing we did with CLG and Immortals. It's the same thing I did with Dignitas this weekend too. Like, you know, when you have two teams that are that you think are bad, or I mean, in this case, I didn't think Dig were that bad, but like when you have two teams that are probably like bottom of the table, how much different? Unless there's a drastic difference between the two, just take the dog. It's worked out more often than not. Um, <laughs> I, w- I wish it was like a toilet bowl, like they was draft picks or something like that, so there was something to play for in this spot, but. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Next one's interesting. Um, everyone's everyone's pre summer darlings LGD plus two fifty seven against top esports minus three seventy. I'll say the top minus one and a half set minus one hundred nine. I, I I think top we're gonna completely dumpster LGD. I'm not entirely convinced that LGD is not gonna lose against Dominus. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Something something tells me that there's some some evening out about to come in for them, so I, I'm I'm interested to see how this goes. We'll have to see uh, how this other matchup plays out, but yeah, it feels like Top's going to win this one. I don't know how you can bet against Top right now. Like, I mean, if you look at LGD's games, like they've had like two games that they were behind in and probably shouldn't have like probably shouldn't have won. If I'm, I'm mixing them up with somebody else, I'm just going off the top of my head, but like. I mean, look, even if you like LGD and you think LGD are a playoff team, they're not even in the same galaxy as Top right now. Top look like the best team in the world right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, I mean, <laughs> are you going to give me ZA or uh, or Yuki against Knight? Like, come on now, dude. Like, for real? Or not ZA. He's on Dominus now, right? I'm going to mix up. I'm all, out of, I'm all out of whack. I watched too much League of Legends. <laughs> Let me take a look at this real fast. Is I I mean does Top drop a game just from Hubris? That's like that that would be the LPL special, right? That would be the most LPL thing to happen here. That's the one thing I don't see about Toplets like they're too proud or too uh, arrogant in the way that they prepare and play. Yeah, I mean, last season, this is even before they had Jackie Love, they had a couple games where like they would just stomp game 1 and they'd come out and play like Malfight Bouncy Castle game 2. Or, uh, you remember, do you remember that? I forget who it was against. They played, like, Malphite Wukong Jarvan or something like that. It was, like, a really weird 
just like it was like maybe Galio or something, Alistair. It was like Alistair Callista. It was like five bouncy castle, like five knockup champions. So I don't know. They haven't really looked the same, like in that aspect since Jackie Love. But they've also basically only played good teams. If you like, that's the other thing. Top top esports. Jackie played his first game against Victory Five when he first returned. Since then, they've only played good teams and playoff and midseason cup. Like they haven't played a bad team since then, so we don't know if they're just going to be like, "Oh, we're just going to clown on this," and they just punt a game or something. Like we haven't. This happens in the LPL all the time. So I would just caution. Look, Topper probably LGD is not a bad team, so maybe they don't treat this like a bad situation. But LGD is probably the worst team they've played since that match. Like I'm thinking, LGD are probably the worst team they've played since Victory Five. Yeah, you might be correct on that. So I don't. Maybe they do treat it that way. I don't know. I, I still think there's that. That's like a pretty decent value. I feel like Top should probably be like minus six hundred or something favored here. I'm gonna put it out there that I I was thinking this should be pick of the week. Then I remembered that I don't bet on Eastern teams, and then I remembered that the reason I don't bet on Eastern teams is because there's no shot that this minus one and a half will hit. So just yeah. whatever it is. Got it. Noted. I mean, what's the really like? What's the what's the the uh, inverse confidence model? The inverse confidence model says LGD two O. You're starting to sound a lot like me, Robert. <laughs> Sometimes you just know, buddy. Sometimes you just know it's never happening. Hashtag LPL things, right? We just got to We have to start that. Can we start that as a hashtag? Hashtag LPL things. I'm about it. Um, we saw some hashtag LPL things this morning. Hopefully, um, hopefully, Carsa brings Smite and not Ignite to this game. Uh, the influence of Wayon reigns forever and ever. Anyway, Sooning minus two hundred against Rogue Warriors plus one forty seven. So Sooning have looked pretty good, but I also think like this is a classic. Like this is an LPL game. Like this is a classic Sooning two to one. Like I can just see it already. Isn't the LPL so weird in that, like, doesn't it feel like Sunning have played, like, 50 times and RW's not even in the league? Yeah. Like, I, I, like, I barely remember what RW was doing in their first match. Sunning, I feel like they play every day. Like, yeah, I know well, I Sunning, have played, Sunning have played three matches, I think, already, right? Yeah, this is, like, their fourth in, our, in Rogue Warriors. This will be their fourth, and this will be Rogue Warriors' second. There's a couple of these situations this uh, week. Rogue Warriors like, plays – actually, Sunning and Rogue Warriors both play again before this. Yes. <laughs> but, but, yeah. This will be, be Sunning's fifth and Rogue Warriors' third. I think yeah. Team WE, like Team WE, will have played like that FPX match. I think is going to be their fifth or sixth match too. So it's the same kind of. Yeah, it's so weird the way they run it out. It seems like we see some teams like every slate and never see the other ones. It's the weird overloaded schedule, or it's the weird schedule. I think anyway. Uh, Sooning, I mean, should Sooning be minus two hundred here? Is that about right to you? Historically, I, I mean, if you go based on last season, Rogue Warriors are a pretty good punch up underdog. They were like one of the best at that. I always like Rogue Warriors as a dog, man, against these middle-of-the-table teams, especially. I do, too. And actually, I still think Sunning is just being overrated right now. I think Sunning got a couple wins at the beginning of the season that had people hot on them. I took IG over them on the slate where Sunning was over, like owned more than IG. I, I think Rogue Warriors might might just be the better team. So I, I'm definitely going to bet the Rogue Warriors money line. I actually, I actually got an IG bet, right? For <laughs> That's how you know the season is completely ass-backwards, by the way, because... Yeah, I don't, I, 
Yeah, I, I think I think it's weird. I, I came into the season thinking Sooning were actually going to be like pretty good and that they had some positive regression coming, but they've had like too much positive regression. If that makes sense, like they've had a couple results that I agree with you. Like they they're being overrated right now. Like I, I think they can be a good team and be overrated. I think they're probably like a middle of the table team that's being considered as a good team. Yeah, that, that's kind of how I view them. They're being viewed as like a top team by the odds and by some people, and I think they're more like a middle of the table, borderline playoff team. Yeah, I, I kind of think this should probably just be like minus one fifty. Like they're better. I think they're a better team than Rogue Warriors, but like actually, probably not even one fifty. It's like minus one thirty. This should be like minus one thirty plus one ten. So give me Rogue Warriors. I think the value is good. I don't even think Rogue Warriors are particularly good. I just think that like they're not a bad team. And they're, yeah, always, they're always priced like a bad team, and they're not a bad team. To me, this spot is another – we've talked about it a couple times now, but same thing. You either should bet Sooning minus one and a half or Rogue Wars money on you. Yeah. No, ever bet Sooning money on here. The 361-point swing, by the way, is at, that might be the biggest I've seen for the minus one and a half versus a 2-1. Oh, yeah. That's nutty. Yeah, it's, I mean, we we just talked about Gen G, right? Gen G was minus two hundred eight. The plus one point or the minus one and a half was at plus one forty two. This is minus two hundred plus one sixty one. So, like, no faith by the books that Sooning are going to two zero, which I kind of agree one, with. The next one's kind of similar as well. Yeah. So next one, yeah, this is kind of good. so Invictus minus one forty. Uh, uh, thoughts Sooning Rogue Warriors? Are we all in Rogue Warriors? Yeah, I like Rogue Warriors. Yeah, I'll take Rogue Warriors. Yeah, I think the value is just too good there. Just weird with that team but yeah I don't know I mean you gotta remember too Rogue Warriors should have beaten top in game one I'm gonna keep bringing this up over and over and over again but that game was won they won that game I'm ignoring that it was actually a loss I know they have a history of punting games but I mean that 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 should mean something right like and it was like a legitimate showing I don't even think I don't think top through that game like they just were out playing top esports for that game so that should stick out a little bit. I know it's one game, but um, Invictus minus one forty seven, EBG plus one ten. Why the hell? What have Invictus done to deserve this? Yeah, this feels really hard not to bet EBG in this spot. I mean, Invictus has what one one win against Sunning, who I don't think is nearly a top team. Then again, EDG is not exactly a top team this season either. See, to but... me, I have Invictus and EDG basically like right next to each other. Like, like they're just they're gonna be they're gonna be some combination of four, five, and six. Those two teams, I think. That seems reasonable to me. Like maybe they're both five and six. Maybe one's four and one's six, or one's four and one's five. Like they're very different types of teams, but. I think they're both like they're just good enough that they're going to be playoff teams. As much as we hate Invictus, Invictus is probably going to make playoffs in the LPL. I mean, we can have our questions, but they're probably going to make playoffs. EDG is definitely going to make playoffs in some capacity. If you're right, like I, I, I have a hard time not taking EDG here, even though like my bones are telling me Invictus is just going to smash them. I, I don't know. EDG looked good. Audi looks good. Junjio's back in now. He's looking good. I, I don't know. I think EDG, I, I like EDG a lot. I probably like them more than you guys do. Because yeah, EDG are like a not sexy fan, team. That's why. Yeah, you're a bit of an EDG fanboy, but. I know. But you know what it is? Like, they're not sexy. That's the problem. Like, they're not, you know, they're not sexy utterly smashing people. 
we sexiness factor play. aside. I'm, I'm sorry. Just sexiness factor aside. The last game, the last memory I had of EDG was me tweeting out, game one, they're always going to come out winning. Game two, they find a way to look their absolute worst. They eventually won that game, but I can't even remember who it was. But that just stood out to me how EDG lacks that consistent wanting to win, you know. I think the issue with EDG is that, like, they're in this weird zone where, like, they're clearly not as good as the top teams. Like, they're n- this team, this team, this roster is never going to win the LPL. Like, if you simulated the LPL a thousand times, EDG probably win it, like, you know, ten. I really think their problem is that they don't have a superstar anymore. Yeah. I right. think Scout Scout used to be a superstar, and he was the X factor for the team, and now he's just a good mid laner. And I think they don't really have like a superstar that can. Take yeah, I mean, over. Hope has been really good. Like maybe Hope is their new superstar, and he just isn't getting the superstar treatment. Because Hope's been an absolute monster. Like uh, honestly, he was all all last season. He was a beast too. We gave him all LPL, didn't we? I did. Yeah, it was like him and uh, who else? It was like him and and Juan Fong and Jackie Love and. I think John's was uh, was was it Juming? Juming, yes. Loken, and and honestly, Hope like is on par with all of those guys, if not better, which is crazy. I don't know if he's Jackie Love, but like, I mean, Hope's been really, really good, and he's only played he's only played Aphelios once. <laughs> By the way, he's played Callista three times. That's a knock. That's a straight knock. Yeah, no, his, I mean. The- He's winning on Callista, John. Like, what do you need to see that this dude is actually? Yeah, but he, but you have to think he might draft it again. He's and then... one and two. He's one and two on Callista. <laughs> Both of EDG's losses have been with Callista. Anyway, I, the other thing is too, like, if you think about like the current state of the game, like the meta game right now, like it's just an EDG meta game. Like, this is what they want to be doing. This is what this team's always wanted to be doing. They've always been this kind of team. It just fits. So I, I don't. I have EDG as like the fifth team. I think they're like fifth place, maybe fourth place at this point. With Invictus being as shaky as they are, I, it's it's just EDG here. I feel yeah, like, like EDG should be favored. Is that too much? Close. I mean, the, I think the books, like many of us, are still just not sure what's going to happen with IG. If they're going to like suddenly snap back into form once Ning gets going, or if they're going to shut back down to being terrible. I don't think anybody, including us, really knows exactly what's going to happen with them. And they could end up, like, finishing this split in first place somehow, or they could end up finishing <laughs> this split missing the playoffs. And I just don't think, like, any of that would blow my mind. Nobody knows what's going on with them. Yeah, it's like, it's 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 mid-August. Invictus are in 12th place. They're, like, two <laughs> games out of playoffs. Oh, okay. It's yeah, mid-August. I mean, it's... Invictus have, have won 15 games straight. Uh, they're in first place heading into playoffs. Oh, wow. They got hot. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just like... We just don't have any idea, dude. I mean, if, if the Shy starts fixing some of the stuff he's doing and Ning gets back on form, they could just start blowing people up again any day of the week. It yeah, I mean, rook, Rookie's still dumpstering everybody. So, like, yeah, that's not... Awesome. <laughs> rookie so rookie is challenging Knight right now. Oh, did you see that Knight was like... Knight, like, respects the hell out of Rookie. Like, there was, like, an interview of that he course. did. Yeah, of course he would. It's like, you know, it's like Uzi, you know, all the AD carry, every AD carry in the world respects Uzi. Yeah. Yeah, EDG here. I think that's unanimous across the board for us, right? 
Which means Invictus. No, I don't. I don't bet on IG. Invictus. Invictus are going to win in forty-eight minutes combined. This is a pass. Every IG game ever pass. Yeah, you you were you listening to the podcast back in the day when I refused to bet IG minus one point fives, even when they were clearly the best team in the world. I just refused to ever do it. Yes, dude. You know what's crazy about this one too is like. I feel like you could like look at IG's numbers and there's just no normal games. Like it's they a, they either like just destroy someone in 24 minutes or they the shy's one in 10. Sometimes both. <laughs> like sometimes he's going to go 1 in 5 and the game's going to be over at 26 minutes. Can we talk about I tweeted it, but last week I literally said it. Called the exact score line over two games. Yes, yeah, all that. Off by like two kills. I legitimately said it, and it just happened. I I, I hate this team. <laughs> they are uh, they are certainly their own beast. That's for damn sure, and that's what makes people love them, I guess. Lec, let's do it. All right. Um, Vitality a uh, Friday. We have Vitality plus one fifty against Rogue minus two hundred four. So Vitality look like a functioning LEC, LEC team now, which is good. Rogue look other like Rogue look like the best they've looked. Like I remember that series that that playoff series they won. Like who was it against Origin? It was like they were like gigantic underdogs and they three would That was against Splice, maybe. Was, was I, Splice? Been against, I remember. I remember because I was like Splice. I was I was in Vegas and I like woke up that morning. I was like, what the hell? Like what happened? <laughs> I say woke up that morning. It was probably in the afternoon, but <laughs> um. Rogue looked like that. They looked they looked incredibly good this weekend. They yeah, made Rogue money line here, right? Yeah, the line seems even a little weak for them. I mean, Vitality looks functioning, but they don't look like a good team. They still just look, you know, acceptable. You don't count wins against G2. Like, you just never count them. <laughs> like, for anybody, when anybody beats them, I just don't count them at all. Yeah. Unless I just assume that, that G2 is going to lose four to six. Four to five games, three to five games, somewhere along the course of the split. Probably and, two of them legitimate, and then like two of them, them clown, and two or three of them, yeah, just it's, having it's, an off day. Or it's not giving me like a, a bunch of hope for vitality or anything. So I think the rogue money line is pretty straightforward. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what the kill spreads are going to be in this spot because rogue tend to play like lower scoring games, so it's not necessarily like a slam dunk on the kill spread if it's like a six and a half or a seven and a half range. But if you get like a four and a half or five and a half, I'd probably take a rogue kill spread here instead of the money line. But we'll see. Uh, you know what's interesting to me is like rogue. Rogue used to be like over the last year or so, they've just been the team that plays the comp that they're given, right? And now they're showing this angle where like something doesn't go 100 percent. Like that Rexi pick, you could tell that that was just like, oh, this draft did not pan out the way that we we did it. But they recognized it and they were like, okay. We got to get shit done early, and they did. He inspired's been nuts. He he was he blew me away this weekend. He was really good in all their games. They're they're doing the thing that the LCS is completely incapable of, which is like you said, recognizing their win conditions and playing towards them. I'm so tired of watching LCS teams draft Olaf and just knowing they're never going to be in a lane, or at least up, like or never recognize be how you lose. Yeah, like that. That I mean, that is just as important. Is like recognize how you lose a game. And to them, it's like how you lose this game is like they get to scale and Rek'Sai is not a champion. Now, they had in that game, they had good scaling. 
Like, I think they had a gangplank in that in that Rek'Sai game. But, like, it was like, okay, this game is going to be a bot game. Like, this is going to be camp bot. And they did. They just played to it. It's just they, it's like, oh, this made sense. Just do the thing that makes sense. Inspired just had, like, the read, too. He's looked really good. So, like, yes and no. Like, you got to remember this game was they five-man bot lane and killed this board yeah. at 100 seconds. So, like, I don't know. I, and maybe this is because I was on Misfits in the spot, but I also just think any game with a level one, I feel like it's just BS. Yeah. That's not really replicable. It was great film study. Don't get me wrong. Great read. Great execution. They got the kill. But, like, taking anything away from that is really hard for me to do because you immediately gave the mid laner just – he won his lane. Yeah. He got Jordan's ring on Oriana. He never asked it back. He immediately wins lane, and that allows Rek'Sai to just do whatever he wants. Yeah. So, and for what, it, for what it's worth, the other two games impressed me more. Like, I, I agree with you. Like, normally I – don't, I don't entirely throw them out unless, like – Actually, that's a lie. Most of the time I do throw those kind of games out, or I try to. Like, unless there's other stuff that happens that I think is relevant, like, at, like appropriately taking advantage of Like, if if that happened and they just didn't do anything to take advantage of it, like, that would be the classic NA thing, right? At least they did that in that game, which is, like, green flag for me. Like, thumbs up. But I think in their other game, I mean, they just smashed. They had a perfect game, right? Was it 8-0? They had an 8-0 perfect game. Like... Yeah, they they look they look really sharp to me. I don't. I, I, I rogue money line here, no question. Yeah, same. Uh, Misfits minus two hundred four SK plus one fifty. So this is another spot. It's the same lines. Uh, Misfits dude better SK dude. Like I don't know. Like is this overrated underrated? Like clashing. This is like a what I would call a Robert spot because Robert is always really good at pointing out these spots, which is that. I think you could bet Misfits here, but why would you when you can bet Rogue against Vitality? Like, just yep. bet extra money on Rogue against Vitality at the same odds, because there's no way that the gap between Misfits and SK that we've seen so far is bigger than the gap of Rogue against Vitality. So just double your bet on the first game, I think. Agreed. Um, I mean, if you had to pick a side in this game, it's it's probably SK, right? They've looked pretty good. It would be Misfits for me, but I'm going to do what John said. I would which is what I would have done. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to yeah, wait and see I, how it this goes. for me too, but I'm just going to not bet it and bet more on road. Yeah, I mean, keep in mind, guys, this is Monday. These are opening lines. So, um, obviously, that's why, like, the prices are basically the same at every level. Like, they're going to be, like, the same tier prices. Um, that's why there's no granularity there. So, I, I'm i going to see where this line moves because if I could see money coming in on SK and, like, by the end of the week, this is, like you know, minus 160 plus 130 or something like that, and then I'd be interested in Misfits. But, I mean, honestly, if this gets down to probably, like, 170 range, I'm just going to fire on it. But I don't know if it will. So it might end up being a pass. Chris, any thoughts on this one? Mm, I was thinking Misfits probably going to win this game, so no bets. I'm I'm glad SK looked good, but I also don't want to be like, oh, man, they're like a brand-new playoff team. And Misfits also kind of had, like, a weird week, too. So, I don't know. I don't want to. Uh, G2 minus 667, Shaka plus 403. This would normally be, the, the like, the bullet I fire against G2. But you got to think after that week, and after all, like, the news that we've heard about them, like, not practicing or whatever, that or not having a good week of practice and preparation just because of all the stuff that was going on. 
I feel like you two are gonna smash this like in some unholy way, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not touching Shalka, especially. I think I just fade this one. Yeah, I'm probably. I mean, the kill spreads for G two are gonna be like ten and a half, so I'm probably gonna just stay out of the way of this altogether. But this would normally be a spot where I put a lottery ticket. I'm just gonna pass this time around. I feel like G two. This this might be like a G two alternate kill spread, like minus sixteen and a half or something, if you can find it, because it might be like that kind of biblical beatdown, you know, like or just like a perfect game. G two esports minus six sixty seven twenty seven units. Here we go. Yeah, the whale play, the fifty unit the whale play, the fifty unit whale plays. Origin minus four seventeen. Excel plus two seventy five. This one's intriguing because. Probably expect a little bit better from Excel. I mean, they can't really be much worse, right? Maybe they can, though. <laughs> I have some faith in Excel still. I don't think this is the matchup. Excel is going to end up being my pick of the week, but not for this matchup. So I think I'm just going to fade this one. Yeah. It's too much for Origin, right? This seems also like a boring game. Yeah, this is going to have like a 19 and a half total. I'm going to say that right now. It's not up yet, but it's going to be like a nine. This is going to be like the lowest total. Uh, so did we, John? You want to touch on the the origin potential drama and just maybe that's relevant. Yeah, we should mention that. Yeah, I'll just I'll just go over real quick. Uh, there's been some drama that for some reason has mostly been tied to the CS:GO team that is owned by the same company, like under the same umbrella as Origin, which is Astralis. Um, Astralis had a couple of their players. They were the best team in the world in Counter Strike, and they had a couple of their players recently kind of take sabbatical. And then there was just a big news article written yesterday by Richard Lewis, who's a pretty famous esports journalist, uh, going over the problems that they've had at their org. Apparently, they they went public, and they've also been uh, acquired at some point by a major organization that doesn't know a lot about esports and apparently has been pushing for some very unrealistic amounts of practice and preparation that the players are not too happy with. And additionally with that, they also tried to convince the players that they should all take a 30% pay cut from COVID. Um, and some peop- some very big uh, sort of like union organizer type guys uh, in their home country have gotten involved with this and fighting back against Astralis, saying they're mis- mistreating their players. And it was quoted in the article a number of times that the origin players were involved in some of the like discontentment, especially with the lowering in salaries. So there definitely could be some behind-the-scenes stuff going on with Origin, which is it's just weird that we're only hearing about the CSGO side, but the article specifically mentions Origin players as well. So, uh, yeah, possibly some some disgruntled employees in the Origin camp. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, obviously that's worth noting because Origin. I mean, or, I mean, we don't want to extrapolate too much from three games, obviously, but Origin did not. Origin made some really uncharacteristic mistakes this weekend. They, in the one game they tried, uh, it was an Echo, Nuketuck tried the Echo out. They tried, like, this weird, like, hybrid split-push team fight situation that they just, like, mis-executed on. But, I mean, the one thing with Origin was you could, you could, sure, as the sun was going to rise in the morning, they were going to have good macro and make the right decisions in the late game. They were so good at that. Whether they were ahead, behind, it didn't matter. They always, they were very good at that. And, like, two of the games this weekend, they made just – they were either outplayed in situations or just made, like, really bad mistakes. So maybe this is playing in or maybe – I don't know. Maybe the – yeah, I it could just be a factor. I don't know. I'm definitely not betting Origin here. That's for damn sure. 
Yeah. I would just say like, I was one of the reasons I was on SK. That's like a very, very hidden reason is players are still playing online and Origin's the only team that's not uh, in the same city as everyone else. So I think honestly that that has some hidden issues. I don't know whether or not that's true. Uh, there's no way for me to actually test it, but be something. And then just the other thing that's just notable is like how far his champion pool is still really annoying. Like he plays Aatrox and Renekton and he loses. Wow. He plays Gangplake and he smashes against the best team in the world. Well, not world, but in the region. Yeah. Wow. Weird. Interesting how that works out. Like if he will just play champions that don't require him to get way ahead, he's fine. But. The fact that he has been so in love with Renekton, and we've seen this over the even the past month of the last split, like I don't know, it's really hard to bet on them. I, I think it's worth a shot taking uh taking Excel here, um, for sure. I'm just gonna quickly pull Renekton's win rate. Renekton's win rate in the top four leagues is fifty one point three percent. Getting it done. Technically, the most games come from the LPL where it makes sense that he would win. Yeah. I just, like, in these other regions that don't play like that, and especially like a team like Origin, right? Like it just doesn't make sense on their team. I've been saying it for years that you can't really do the champion statistics the way they should be because it also gets too inflated by good teams, good teams beating bad, bad teams. teams. Yeah. And then, you know, some of these picks look a lot better than I think they actually are. There's so many champions that I think, like, bad teams just never win with. Yeah, that's been kind of a big issue with anybody trying to model with champion, like, like build, like, draft models. Like, it's really yep, hard because exactly. really you have to account for all that stuff, and it's just, like, a whole lot of uh... – I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, you have to inject opinion into it, too. Like, at some point, you got to be like, okay, what qualifies a good team? Anyway, that's a digression. Um I don't think Renekton is is as bad as you guys think, but I agree with you that teams use him the wrong way. He can't be your only front line. He can be your only front line if you're an all-in early game team. Like, if you're playing, like, Renekton in Italy, you know, priority mid laner, and then, like, a snowball bottom lane, like Callista, Thrash, or something, then you can play him as your front liner because you better win that game in 25 minutes, but you're equipped to do so, right? I don't. I think the the reason you see him is a similar to the same reason you see Aatrox, where it's just like in the matchups, it's safe as a blind pick, and he, there's like there's not really hard counters that you can play against them. That's why you see those two champions. It sucks and it's boring, but it's like kind of the same. Re- Renekton is to top lane as Orianna is to mid lane. It's like the thing that you pick when you don't know what else to do. But, like, you don't want to leave yourself out there to get blown out in a draft, right? Some teams are more risk, you know, they're more risk averse and they're going to pick him in those kind of situations. But, I don't know, that's like a different discussion. We've run pretty long, so we're going to keep moving. Um, Fnatic minus 222, Mad Lions plus 164. Is this a shot to take on Mad? I don't think so. I like the game. I just, I don't think I'm going to be able to take a chance on Mad Lions. Fnatic just looks too good. This is going to be a fun game to watch. I think both these teams are playing at a really good level right now, so I think it's going to be an entertaining game, which kind of makes me want to play Mad Lions. Yeah, number two versus number three team in the region for me, I'll take Mad at 164 all day. Yeah. I mean, G2 versus Fnatic at these odds, I'm probably taking Fnatic at plus 164. I see it similar. Like, the gap's 
probably bigger, but similar style in my brain to where I'd take Matt. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Matt has been, been – yeah, they've been willing to do some weird stuff too where they can come out and catch a team. Uh, Fnatic is is malleable for sure, but, I, I, yeah, I think Matt at plus 164 is pretty good value against anybody. I want to see – yeah, I want to see like how if these te- like everyone's anticipating this is just going to be like this gigantic four thousand IQ draft in this game where like everyone's like oh man we're gonna mind game we're gonna like next level you and then you're gonna next level the next level the next level the next level I think it's just gonna be like two standard team comps <laughs> like that's how these games always end up working out but I don't know maybe not these two teams have really see these teams are not like they're they're risk takers in draft like they will float. A blo- like, they're not going to pick Renekton most of the time unless they're building a comp around going early. They're not going to take a bl- – like, they will they will float a pick and let you counterpick it. Like, like Origin is not going to do that. A team like Fnatic and Mad Lions, they will do that. So, I mean, or they'll just, like, mind game you and be like, oh, we're going to play Wukong carry, so I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I kind of want a little bit better of a number, but – it's good enough. I'll take Mad Lions. I think there's a good shot that they, they take this game down. I think this is closer to 50-50 than this. I just am greedy and want a better number as well. Uh, Saturday, SK minus 149, Excel plus 112. Uh, John, I know you already mentioned this one. Yeah, pick of the week. SK minus 149, XL plus 112. Uh, we talked a lot about uh, not taking too many results out of your first week. I think XL is a lot better of a team than SK, even though SK looked very good in the first week, and XL had some tough matchups. Uh, I, I like XL to, to rebound well. Plus 112 for them against SK seems well good enough for me. Yeah, I think this is a big overreaction to week one, mostly on the SK side, but it's kind of both, right? Like, there's no way this gets to XL plus money if XL didn't lose the way they did. Yeah, and I mean, X, SK was a, a plus 400 team against everybody in the league last season in every matchup, it's it's a little hard to believe that they're a minus-150 team against a potential playoff team here. Yeah, I mean, SK do look better. Like, they look, sub- like, significantly better. I want to give them I want to give them the credit they deserve, but they shouldn't be minus-149 favorites against, like... A yeah, that's how I feel. Team. They definitely look better, but, uh, yeah, I'm not taking them as a minus-150 favorite against pretty much anybody at the moment. Any SK defenders here? Uh, not as, I wouldn't bet SK, but I'm not going to bet it, so... I, I think SK wins. I do agree the number should probably be closer, so I think the value is on the Excel side. But, like, to me, this is, like, in a realistic situation, based on what we've seen and based on the offseason moves, it's probably, like, in should be more like SK minus 135, Excel plus 115, plus 120. So, yeah. not that far off, but... Yeah. I kind of think this is pick or like, close to, like, based on how SK... Like, mostly because SK looked better. Like a lot better. I just have no faith in Excel right now. Like Special has looked like the worst mid laner in the league. Yeah, I, I that part I'd agree with, but Patrick Patrick has talent in the bot lane. It's just like, what is it? Excel's only win rate, win way, uh, like win condition is through their bot lane, and that's where SK's best player is. So yeah, that's true. Right, trouble. Hmm. Chris, any thoughts on this one? I'd be willing to take a chance on Excel. Um, it's not a strong or confident bet, like you've mentioned. SK give you all the reasons why they should uh, be better than Excel. Yeah, I mean, this might be like a 
too much of a zigging when they're zagging spot, but I'm kind of with John on this one. Yeah, I might end up being wrong. XL might end up being the worst team in the league, but I think I think at the moment that they're going to bounce back at some point. Uh, Misfits minus three twelve, Shaka plus two twenty two. Do we believe in the Shaka bounce back? I don't. Uh, coming into the season, I thought they were going to be a lot better than this. I feel similarly to them how I felt about Dignitas and NA where I thought they were going to be pretty good, but their first week has me very, very immediately sketched out. Like, I thought Abadage was going to be able to do damage in the mid lane, and he has not done any damage in the mid lane. Odawamne looked pretty bad. Those are really the focal points of this team, so that's very scary for me if they're not looking good. Yeah, I do kind of think this team's suffering from, like, the... I don't even know what you'd call it, but, like, the... We talked about it a little bit earlier with, like, the origin factor, where, like, when you have these teams that just play, like, textbook, like, by the book... Like the old, like the structured, like origin style, right? When they lose, it's extremely underwhelming, and you just want to be like, oh man, they suck, right? Because they don't do anything. There's no fight. It doesn't look like there's any fight in them because they're just like min maxing percentages, right? But so I do think it's easy for a team like Schalke to look bad when they lose, but I also think that they kind of like Dignitas just looked really slow, like just slow to the punch on like everything. So, I'm willing to, like, I think they could bounce back, and I think this number might be a little bit too big, because I don't have as much confidence in Misfits as you guys do, but I don't know if I can back Sh- I This is probably, like, one of those spots where it's like I should be on Schalke for a little bit, but I'm probably going to just pass. I The one thing about Schalke is, like, I don't, so I'm a big believer in just play what's easy, and I don't think they're doing that. Like, there's Aphilios, Lulu, Botland, they ran out twice. They're running Zoe. They're running, like, like they're, they're, they're trying to run, like, really poke-heavy compositions for the most part and then run, like, a, a team-fighting top laner. Like, they had, uh, I think, Maokai, Wukong, and Orn for Odo. And, like, I get it. Like, the theory makes sense. But when you're more bottom-barrel team than that, like, I don't think you should be relying on, okay, our engaged – partially needs, we're going to have to hit a Zoe ball on their AD carry. Uh, you know, like, I'd much rather just see a straightforward two-core front-to-back team fighting composition from them and see how they execute uh, I agree with you there. Zoe is such a weird champion that way because, like, she feels like the most broken thing in existence when it's working. And then it's weird because she's not like, she doesn't do nothing when she's behind. Like if you watch a losing Zoe, she's like probably the most damage on her team. Like it's probably not close either. And it just feels like she's doing nothing. But so she's not like, she's a powerful champion. Like she's not a feast or famine champion. She just appears that way. Cause when they're winning, it's busted as hell looking. I agree they should be playing like Azir, like Azir, Oriana, Corky. Just keep it simple. You know, or I mean, if you're not, if you really want to enable Abadaga, play some like one three one kind of stuff. But that I don't think that this team is that style. Like that's just not what they're going to be doing. The other thing is like this is we haven't really talked about this, but we're, we're kind of seeing season ten symptoms. We talked a lot about this last season. We didn't talk about it for this like this week, but we're kind of seeing season ten, you know, rear its ugly head a little bit. And what I mean by that is. The game right now is a lot more 50-50 than I think people think it is. Like, even if – unless you're a particularly bad team, 
if a team screws up, you're probably going to win. It doesn't matter. It's not like it used to be. Like, even these bad teams are probably going to win just because if both teams are picking scaling compositions, it's basically a 50-50 once everyone gets to a couple items. We can bitch and complain about Aphelios being broken all we want, but, I, I mean, really, it's, you know, when you have Aphelioses and Orns running around and Orianas and Azirs and all this different, and Wukong even, like, when you have all this stuff running around, they're so powerful that it just takes, like, one botched fight or one missed team fight or you know, a smite steal on a Baron or something like that. Like, I think games are a lot more 50-50, especially in these best-of-one regions, than, you know, we maybe give credit for. So, and Shalka are the kind of team where fundamentally they're pretty sound for the most part. Like, that's what they were good at. We called them, like, Baby Origin. So if Misfits have a weird opening, Shalka are probably going to close the game cleanly. So, I don't know. I- I'm probably going to take some Shalka here. Like, I yeah. Yeah. The other thing, I just looked again, like, so their drafts, like, they're leaving open Aphelios and Ezreal and just taking whichever, and, like, it's tough to do that right now, I think. You're you're still leaving two strong two strong champions up, and, like, both times they gave up Ezreal, they gave up Ezreal unit, yeah. and that's kind of a death sentence. I kind of think it's going to be interesting to see how the world adapts to this metagame. I mean, also, I, I don't know if we're going to be on patch 10-12 this week. I think we are. Uh, there's some Varus nerfs. I don't know if they're going to be relevant or not. Uh, they, they took a point one off his scaling, which is bigger than it looks, but probably not big enough. He's probably still going to be a good champ. He just might not be like first pickable. But what's cool is like we already started seeing some adaptation to this, right? Like we saw Mad Lions leave the Varus up and take the Hecarim, just take something that can kill him. You can basically force the bottom lane to take like Tom Kench, right, or Thresh. It's exploitable. Anyway, that's a different topic. Uh. Vitality plus one sixty four Mad Lions minus two twenty two. It's probably going to be a Mad Lions. Mad Lions kill spread probably. Yeah, just a no bet for me on that one. Same here, no bet. I'm just going to try to power through these, so chime in if you guys have thoughts. Uh, G two minus three twelve Rogue plus two twenty two. Rogue look really sharp. This might be a good lottery ticket to take. G two kill spread. Yeah, this this feels like the matchup that G two shows up for and destroys after Rogue is like undefeated. I don't, I don't think I bet this one at all. Yeah, you're probably right. Fnatic minus one eighty five, Origin plus one thirty nine. Feels like Fnatic should be bigger favorites, especially after Origin lost, right? Yeah, I mean Origin did beat G two, but like I said, I just generally don't give teams credit for beating G two the way that I maybe should. Uh, I just assume that for the most part, G two screwed up if they lost. I mean, I think Origin <laughs> outplayed them in that game. Oh, they played Tom Kench on Mickey, though. That's a, They just lost. It was just over. I also think that, like, Origin don't usually beat Fnatic in G2. We That's like a, like a proven track record. We know this. I mean, if you took this last season, this would have been Fnatic minus 250, right? So I think there's probably value on Fnatic money line and spreads here, right? Yeah, I think I'm betting Fnatic here. Yeah, I'll be on Fnatic for sure. The, the Tom Kench game, I think, was Vitality, actually, John. I think that was... Uh, they played him twice, I thought. Oh, did they? I think they it's put Mickey on Tom Kench twice. Ah, okay. Anyway. Oh. LCS, <laughs> any other thoughts on Europe? Oh, by the way, unders have been, like, insane in Europe. The books have already adjusted for it, but, like, I'll just pull that real fast. But, like, unders are... The under went 9-1 this week, kill total. Which I don't think surprises anybody when you look at how some of these games played out. 
But if you look at like Europe's kill, I'll just like like Europe's kill totals. Like I'll just average these out real fast. While you're doing that, you were right, Josh. They did play Tom Kench twice, but it wasn't the Origin game. It was the other two games. Yeah. yeah. So Europe had a, an average kill total of twenty four point eight. Uh, obviously, that's factoring the halves, but uh, give or take twenty four was the average kill total. Uh, so. Like the under, yeah, under went nine and one just for comparison. NA's average was 21. And NA also, uh, NA was like over six and four, I think, was what it was. So, yeah, interesting. Uh, angle to play. If the books, if your books that you bet on haven't adjusted yet, unders all day. Now, I do think that week one, you tend to see a little bit more reserved approach while people are feeling things out. You have like your usually like one or two teams are like dynamos and they're throwing out curveballs and everything, but uh, for the most part, everyone's kind of feeling things out. So I think it'll, it'll loosen up a little bit in week two. So keep an eye out if the numbers are over adjust to like nineteen and a half, twenty and a half, stuff like that. Then you can take overs again. I think LCS ready for the best region. <laughs> Oof, LCS has looked maybe even worse than previously this year so yeah. far. At least we have a couple middle-of-the-table teams stepping up, it looks like, the Golden Guardians. Uh, Immortals TSM is off the board currently. That's the first Friday night match. Uh, probably TSM smash. Um, G- Golden Guardians minus 149, CLG plus 112. Golden Guardians are going to smash CLG, right? Yeah, Golden Guardians are going to be big for me this weekend, I think. I'm definitely betting them against CLG. CLG look bad. I mean, they beat Immortals, but that, that was... One of the worst games I've ever watched. Kind of wish I could wash my eyes out from that one. You don't give anyone credit for beating uh, Immortals. Not not this roster. I just can't. I just think like ignore the teams. Like take the nameplates off those teams. Watch that game. It was a clown fiesta. Like not a yeah, good it was way. Pretty, it was it, pretty awful. Looked like a, it looked like a platinum solo queue game. <laughs> Trust me, I've been there. <laughs> like that's. What, um. Dude, am I going to make Golden Guardians my pick of the week laying money? Like, What the hell universe is this? I might actually do that. Yeah, that's a completely reasonable pick of the week as far as I'm concerned. 100 Thieves plus 128, Liquid minus 169. I also like Liquid here. Yeah, I think Liquid in general is not getting the respect they deserve in the books, so I think they're going to be some good bets for a while. Yeah, even I, I don't though... even know for a while. I feel like there's going to be a correction after this week. I feel like people forgot that Liquid is the most dominant team in NA history, and the only thing that's changed is they switched from an AD carry who was not performing well to a different AD carry who's performed fine. Like yeah. that—that's really they're the most dominant team in the history of the league, and they're yeah. minus one sixty nine against hundred teams. This would be like if G two had like four of the same player. I mean, G two is a little different because they're like highly synergistic, but like, oh, this would be like if Origin had like a different AD carry that was like pretty good still. Yeah, and they were playing against Vitality or something. Yeah. I mean, not that Hundred Thieves isn't quite Vitality, but yeah. I mean, I, I mean, look, I'm I I don't like Hundred Thieves. Like, I think they're in that like playoff conversation because everybody is in North America. But like, I mean, I was more bearish on them than you guys are. I I, I just think I, I think Rio is a, a liability. Like, I know he he got a little bit better, but I think he's just a giant liability on that team. Meteos, I think, actually looked okay. I know he looked. That 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 game they were behind against it was a cloud nine. They were just getting completely obliterated. It seemed like he was doing nothing, but he was actually keeping up in experience, which is really hard to do when you're getting shit on that bad. So I give him credit there. Like he's doing a lot of the right things. And he, the good thing with Hundred Thieves is that this is a Medios meta. 
Like, he plays these kind of champions. So maybe there's some something to that. But I, I just think Liquid are going to stomp. I, Liquid are probably going to win, like, 13 games, 14 games. I'm really high on Liquid. I think they're really good. Yeah, I think, I, I think if they look that good this, right, right away, then I think it's a good sign. I, that was, like, my biggest concern was that they'd start slow, maybe. I think it's a TL bet, but just note that last time these two teams, two teams played, someday beat Impact so bad that the rest of the team had no chance of winning. Yeah. And after a – That was, like, week eight, right? That like think- made, that was like that was like Team Liquid like after that they had to win every game I think to make playoffs I'm pretty sure like yeah I don't know I just know he beat him so bad with Aatrox that it was horrible so that's again will continue to be their win condition for other keys. FlyQuest plus money plus one twelve against TSM minus one forty nine so I, I think FlyQuest I, I agree with you Josh they kind of impressed me this week but. If you go based on, like, preseason rankings, like how we had these teams, like, tiered out, this is a slam dunk TSM bet, right? I just don't trust it yet, I guess. that may, I don't know. I'm probably just going to pass this game. The TSM value might be too good to pass up, though. I feel like this – you're probably not going to get this kind of number on this team the rest of the season unless they turn into a dumpster fire. Yes, TSM. Man, I'm so tempted, but yes. Uh, Cooler had to also TSM ship reveal. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Um, it's It feels like you should bet FlyQuest, but I think we all kind of have the same inkling in the back of our mind that TSM is going to start looking better as things go on and that FlyQuest probably shouldn't be a favorite over TSM if they're performing at a reasonable level. Might just be one I sit out on, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm probably going to end up passing this just because, like, FlyQuest did look pretty good. The, that Cloud9 game spoke to me a lot. Like, they had such a good start in that game, but it's just like, dude, Cloud9, you make, like, one mistake, and it's just, like, AK gold lead out of nowhere. Like, it's it's insane how they do that. Um, Speaking of Cloud9, minus 278 against Evil Geniuses, plus 200. This... It's tempting as a bullet to fire, right? Like, this looks like a good spot for EG. Plus 200 on a good team. In a best of one. I just don't want to get in the way of this Cloud9 team, dude. They're so good. I'd probably take this as a DFS spot, because you can essentially get way better odds in DFS than you can by straight betting. Uh, So I'm probably going to end up with some EG here uh, in DFS, but I'm not sure if I'm going to end up betting it. Cloud9 has just burned me. I keep saying I think they're going to like regress back, and they just never have. And eventually, I'm probably just going to look like an idiot. So, uh, Cloud Nine seriously looks—it's like Patriot Syndrome. Like I don't know what else they can do to. They should just start roll swapping and beating people. Still, that would be like that. That would be like the ultimate style fest if they just started doing that. <laughs> or perfect season, maybe. They got close. They got really, really, really close. Maybe they want to do that. I don't know. Um. I, this is EG for me. I, I'm a little bit different. I, I think EG 200 is way too much value. Yeah. I mean, this is a spot where I would probably take EG kill spreads because Cloud9 don't always win by a lot. Like, they have a lot of they have a lot of wins where it's like, if, I mean, especially now, if there's games, if games are going under and you get a plus 200 dog and you can get a kill spread that's like in the 6 or 7 range, that's like intriguing. That's kind of what I've been struggling with in the LPLs because the average margin of victory in the LPLs is like, a little over ten and a half. 
but a lot of these like heavy favorites kill spreads is like right at ten and a half. So like I want to take top minus ten and a half tomorrow, but I don't. Know, those are bigger numbers than this. Best of one, I, I EG can keep this competitive. We saw EG be competitive with them in playoffs. So and EG looked really good. We didn't talk. We haven't talked about EG. They looked really good in their week one too. So Jazuke looks like he's back. By the way, uh huh. He, he was destroying people with Corky in the early game. That's. He had literally a, he had like a tier early yeah. game tier called Corky carry. He was just, he was just <laughs> so when you have the thing that was my thing. The other angle, like to, to elaborate a little bit, Jazuke can match Nisky on roams all day, and he has that type of high variance that he can just literally single handedly carry a game. And yeah, playing great. So yeah, I don't I don't hate the shot. Uh, Chris is dipping out, so. Um, we'll see you next week, Chris. Uh, CLG minus 149, Dignitas plus 112. This is another toilet bowl. This is a close your eyes special. Dignitas, Dignitas plus 112. Yeah, yeah Dignitas, Dignitas plus 112. That feels like a bet for sure. CLG, I think, is going to end up being the worst team out of these two for sure. This is one of those ones where it's like, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Dignitas lose this because they looked real bad, but like the, I'm, I was taking plus money on whoever this was here. Even if this was CLG plus 12, 112, I'd probably, uh, no, I wouldn't. I changed my mind. Give me a damn toss. <laughs> Still a close your eyes special though. It's not going to be a good one to watch. Mortals 100 Thieves off the board. Uh, Liquid plus 102 against EG. What? I'm going broke. Where's, dude, where's 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 the Dominique Wilkins? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, yeah, that's pick of the week, right? That's, that's gotta be somebody's gotta take that. I mean, easy or good wouldn't surprise me, but like Liquid shouldn't be plus money. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> like that's what. If it, was, if it was even at minus one fifteen, I'd be fine. But you're giving me yeah. yeah. Just fire that right now. We'll see. Uh, FlyQuest minus two forty four. Dating toss plus one seventy seven. This is another dating toss spot for you, John. Nah, line's a little too line's a little too far on FlyQuest, or else I might have bet them. I still think FlyQuest is, has shown that they're kind of sticking with what they did before. Yeah, I just I, feel like that style is actually fine. Like that's good in NA. Yep, I think that's so. a fifth place team. FlyQuest is a fifth place team. We talked about it last year. They were just they're being successful because the strategy they're using is better than the strategy most NA teams use, so they can just beat them. Just let, yeah, just let teams beat themselves. That's what they're good at. <laughs> I always kind of like when there's a team like that in a region because they're like a good gatekeeper. EDG is kind of like that in the LPL for me, where it's just like, okay, you got to be this tall to ride, you know. Um, Golden Guardians plus four fifty two against Cloud Nine. This is a big number. This was really close to being pick of the week for me on Golden Guardians. Um, only because this number is so big, and I think Golden Guardians is a pretty good team. Yeah, I, d- I don't expect Golden Guardians to go out and beat Cloud9, but at 4.5 to 1, I, it was just really close to pick of the week for me. I think they definitely beat them more often than the line dictates, even if it, even if they're not favorites by any stretch. I'm just doing a quick uh, taking the vig out of this number. 18%. On um, Golden Guardians. Yeah, I feel like over eighteen percent is is a guarantee that they would beat them more than eighteen percent of the time. So, 
think about like for people just think about if they played a five game series and they had to play all five games don't you think golden guardians would win one of those five games like i definitely think golden guardians would win one of those five games if they played a five game series i actually think this number is kind of close <laughs> like and i like golden guardians too I think like, almost any team in the league, if you gave them a straight five-game series back-to-back-to-back and they played all five, that almost every team would get a win, most likely. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard because I, I think it's like close. This is the kind of number where if this was a five-game series, I mean, obviously the money line would be huge, but like the minus two and a half would be like even money. Because like that's what the – like the that's it's like a 2% edge or whatever you want to call it that, but like – yeah, and to take one game in a five-game series is, like, roughly 20% or whatever. So, I don't know. I, I'm getting lost in the numbers. So, uh, I don't hate taking a shot on this. But I'm probably just going to pass. I don't want to, dude, I don't want to get in the way of this team. I'm betting Golden Guardians for sure. That's fair. That's fair. Totally understandable. Um... I think as a rule, you have to bet anyone plus 400 or worse and it'll be a best of one. Like, just, it'll pay out in the long term, right? I think you guys agree that it'd be profitable long term to do that. I would have to pull, I could actually pull this. I'd probably have to avoid, I would still probably avoid, like, the worst team in the league versus the best team in the league. But here we have a team who's, like, a middle of the table team against the best team in the league. And at that odds, it's like, you know, giving me. Golden Guardians are being priced like they're CLG. Yeah, it's like giving me Mad Lions against G two at plus four fifty two. Like I'd take Mad Lions yeah. for sure. I, I see. I actually think this is more like like a Rogue or Misfits, like one of those like the next tier down. Yeah, Misfits might be a better example. Yeah, but like, like yeah, Misfits... if you give me Misfits plus four fifty two against G two, I'd probably take that. I actually think Golden Guardians compare pretty favorably to them too, like just in how they're built and everything. But yeah, I, I think this. team – I mean, they're going to be a good. I can see Golden Guardians being a good punch up team. Like, I think of these middle of the table teams, they're going to be the ones that I could see them taking like two or three games against the top of the table. Like over the course of the season, like between like EG Cloud Nine Team Liquid, I could see Golden Guardians just spiking a game here or there. So, yeah, I, I think they have a much better chance of spiking a game than like FlyQuest does, right? Because they're gonna Golden Guardians are going to take it to you they're going to introduce some variants to the game so uh i mean pick of the week we already got yours john you're on excel yep i'm going to take excel against sk um you know i'm not 100 percent confident that it's going to turn out that way but the line just doesn't feel right to me for what i think the teams are capable of so we'll see dude there were so many tasty lines this week i'm going to take e-star i think i like that e-star money line minus 133 against lng I really, I mean, that liquid one is really good. Uh, what was the other one? There were a bunch of them. The liquid one's really good. I like, I like EDG against Invictus. I like Golden Guardians minus 149 against Cloud CLG. Like, there's so many, so many good picks this week. The best part about when the full slates kick in is that there's just more good, especially early in the season, there's like more good markets, like just more tons of good spots. So, uh, we'll, we'll pencil, who penciled in Chris for Team Liquid? Or did he do that himself? Did any of you put that in? I didn't. I didn't. He must have put that in there before. Right, he must put it in. So Chris's pick of the week is Team Liquid over CG. Good to know he's on the same page as us. So, All right. Um, I think that's going to be it for us. We ran pretty long. We had a lot to get to tonight. Um, moving forward, we're probably going to be doing like short opening topics and then just covering the big uh, – we'll have like full slates and um, 
this was a little bit weird. We had to film on Monday for a change, but yeah, going to be into the thick of things. Uh, check us all out at the esports department. Check Chris out at the game house. He's doing pretty sweet stuff over there. Hop into the discord wall on there. We're all talking all the time. Um, yeah. Hit us up on Twitter, uh, especially like with these, we're going to have these week one LCK matches Wednesday and Thursday. Hit us up. See what we think about the first opening matches and how that influences the lines for Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So Definitely. Uh, anything else? Nothing, nothing for me. All right, guys. Uh, good luck this weekend. I'll be talking to you guys shortly. But uh, everybody else, have a good time this weekend. Enjoy the games. we got the LCK back. And we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one, guys. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. Closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.